0: Hello and good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday to you. We had a whole lot go on since last week, and I want you to all go ahead, go to the water cooler, go get your water, go get your coffee, go put a whole lot of cream and sugar in it, or you can just put one little bit of cream because I'm all the caffeine you need. I just want to say we're going to come back. We have a whole lot to talk about. If you tuned in last week, then you're going to be able to tie in the events of the Uvalde mass murder to the reasoning behind the GOP's staunch resistance to gun control, I have one word for you. Well, I guess it's two words: stormtroopers. All right, stormtroopers. If you didn't, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it last week's episode, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a lead-in so you could have some background to the foreground that I'm gonna spit to you. And we have a little bit of celebrity news. We have a whole lot of athletic news. You go, to Deshaun Watson, Houston's own former Texan quarterback who is now out there being the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Actually, he's the highest player in the NFL. He's up there with the Cleveland Browns. Guess what? The lawyers that's representing him, Rusty Harden has doing a big old butt whooping, butt kicking stomping of the council that's representing the 22 women who allege that Deshaun Watson Uh, sexually assaulted or committed some sexual perversive act on them baby let me tell you when the dust settles it's always time for the holes in this house to be told on okay anyway ladies and gentlemen go ahead and grab your coffee i'll be right back after these messages hi everybody hi everybody it's going to be a good show today so today see last week was biggie small's birthday so you see you see what i'm rocking today this is what I'm rocking. You got to be a real fan of the Notorious B.I.G. to be able to know exactly who this is when you see me walking. And on the back, and on the back, hey, Terrence, good to see you. On the back, it says, I don't know if you can see that from no, there. It says, it was all a dream. Come on now, Biggie. So um, I want all of you to tune in. I hope that if you missed my show from last week, can you get the Instagram set up on this one? If you missed my show from last week, I'm going to need for you to make sure you record. Uh, if you If you didn't get the chance to look at it, Um, It's on my Facebook live stream. It's not on my Instagram live stream. Uh, Sherelle's going to have to go ahead and post that to the Instagram because I want you all to be able to follow along class. Follow along today because, you know, there has to be a method to the madness as to the reason why. Gun control falls on deaf ears when it comes to the GOP. You know, the grand old party, the Republicans, the ultra conservatives, the ones who say they love the Lord so much, the ones who think that they have the, they are the only ones who can be true patriots, the ones who like to claim that not only does patriotism belong to them, they also believe that they are the moral compass. For all Americans, well, now, guess what? This is immorality at its best to think that it should be okay to buy an automatic rifle, uh, an automatic weapon that can get off dozens of rounds to a pistol's one round and not believe that there needs to be a universal background check and also don't believe, I mean, and that the fact that if you have civilians who all you have to do is turn a certain birthday to get a deadly assault weapon that is most assuredly going to outgun, outman, and outpower the local police force and, some, at some instances, the DEA. So you have to know that there has to be a method to the madness and a rhyme to the reason. So I'm going to make sure I give you all of those points because, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? You need to liken the GOP to the Nazis, okay? I'm saying this there with, with with historical context in mind. The way that the national um the, the, the way that the national talking points are espoused for the GOP followers. Like let's just take Fox 5 in the morning. On the on the day after the shooting and probably on the afternoon after the shooting you know Fox News Fox National News probably put out their talking points to all of their local media outlets and they also put their their talking points, I've, I'm, I'm logging into my other um, live feed on Instagram. Hi, everybody on Instagram land. We need to brighten this up a little bit. But, but they put out their talking points to make sure that everybody falls in line lockstep. Do You notice that nobody ever gets out of pocket. Nobody in the GOP side ever gets out of pocket when it comes to mass murders. And, you know, if there are over, since 2009, there have been 240 mass murders, mass ca- uh, mass casualty, mass shootings, whatever mass you want to talk about. A whole bunch of people got murdered all at once, usually within two minutes to 30 minutes. And when you look at that, they're all saying the same thing. This is about mental health. But at the same time, they don't want to give people money for mental health issues. They act like mental health is your own basic, your own problem. They are talking about, you know, Uh, arming the teachers. Well, you're only paying the Uvalde teachers $52,000 a year on average. But anyway, I'm going to go into all those statistics when I'm back live on the air. I just want you to stay tuned because we will be talking about the Gestapo today. We will be talking about the Luftwaffe. We will be talking about the SS. And those are all German military forces that were used in Nazi Germany during the rise of Adolf Hitler in order for him to be able to use violent means to take power and I'm going to go a little bit into the story because I brought you up from on um, last week I brought you from the moment that Adolf Hitler was had the idea that you know nationalism was the best way to go let's say taking you back to 1927 you know before our grandparents were alive okay so let me do this all right, so we're about to go back on the air, so you already know what you're in for with this um, with this particular show today. And I'm going to let me see. Why do I hear some static in here? It's like it's like skipping or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, skip Britney Spears until that comes in later. Deshaun Watson, we're gonna stick to the we're gonna be sticking to the uh, to the black NFL players for this morning's uh, top T. There's a whole lot of tops to this tee, baby. And you know what? I got my Topo Chico sparkling water. Do you have your water? Are you drinking water? Are you trying to have clear skin? I hope so. Okay. Water works. Okay. Ready? It's 10 in the morning and it's time to spill the tea. There is the top tea on its debateable. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. I'm here All right, everybody. Welcome back. We're going to start off this morning with some top tea and, you know, we're going to stick to our wonderful black players in the National Football League. We got a lot of news. Coming straight from TMZ Sports, here's some good news out there for all of you people that want to keep hope alive. Colin Kaepernick it could be back in the NFL as early as June. It looks like he has had a scheduled workout with the Raiders. And if it goes well, the team could sign him to a contract. Congratulations out there. You know, Adam Schefter of ESPN broke the news and he reported that the tryout will go down in just a few days. And you know, Kaepernick has been preparing like a madman for the past few years. And ever since he was benched, basically, by all of the owners in the NFL who were basically being a hater. Now listen, the least offensive, the least violent, the least aggressive form of protest that we have seen since Martin Luther King Jr. was with Colin Kaepernick taking a knee during the national anthem being played at the NFL games. He took a knee, ladies and gentlemen. He did not start marching. He did not throw Molotov cocktails at the owner's suites. He He did not go ahead and use picket signs. No, he didn't. He didn't go ahead and start cursing out the people on the field. No, he didn't. That's not what Colin did. What Colin did was basically take a knee. From that taking of the knee, he was blacklisted by the owners of the NFL. Yes, he was blacklisted even though at that time he had better stats than any of the quarterbacks that were up for some of those positions. They would would rather have placed a third string low-level quarterback who was barely making it in the NFL, which usually means not for long. He was barely making it to be able to get positions over Colin Kaepernick. So way to go out there, Kaepernick. It has been six years, ladies and gentlemen, since we have gotten the opportunity to watch our Black Power player, uh Colin Kaepernick, on the field of play. So congratulations out there. Very good news for his agent. Good job. And in other wonderful NFL news, we have another quarterback out there, Deshaun Watson, who is the famed celebrity quarterback, formerly of the Houston Texans, who was Uh, released, and I guess he was, I don't know if he was really released. They basically let him go off, and when his uh, contract expired, he had to go out there as a free agent. Well, his Thanks to his wonderful agent, he was able to grasp the largest NFL contract in NFL history. He's the highest paid brother and white boy in the league. Nobody outballs him on the field and nobody outballs him on the bank. Well, you know what? Only a baller could make real baller moves like that. And Deshaun Watson, being the true quarterback, decided to make sure that he had the right O-line, and, and, and by the O-line, the offensive line for him is the only offensive line that matters at this stage, which is Rusty Harden. He is the attorney that is representing Deshaun Watson in this flim-flam of frivolous lawsuits that was filed by Tony Busby representing 22 of the massage therapists that made claims that um, Deshaun Watson was guilty of sexual assault or sexually putting them in awkward positions. Well, guess what, honey child, let me tell you. Um, in According to TMZ Sports, yet again, and between the Lines podcast, Rusty Harden, who is the lawyer, said on the Between the Lines po- a podcast about sports and the law that Deshaun Watson spoke with NFL investigators for three days over this past weekend's mus- uh, massage therapist claims. And Harden explained that nothing was off limits during the talks. They asked him everything. He said that he believed with the interviews now in the rearview mirror, like basically we put that that we put that business to bed. Deshaun was forthcoming with the information. He gave the the National Football League, the information that they needed. And I'm sure the NFL Players Association was holding bated breaths trying to figure out exactly what Rusty Harden was going to allow his client to say and not to say. And according to Rusty, he's like, shoot, we don't have nothing to hide. Let Deshaun spill the beans. So Deshaun did spill the beans. And he said, basically, that of the 22 accusers, there were three of the women that actually made sexual um, um, overtures to Deshaun Watson. Yes, we've got three little harlots up there, y'all. Three little harlots that, have, that that Deshaun Watson and his attorney have said were were the sexual aggressors. Now, let me tell you something. We have known boppers. You know what a bopper is. They're bopping for their money. You know what that means. I don't know if they say that anymore. I don't know if the millennials say that. What do they what do they millennials call it, uh, Sherelle? I mean, back then it was called bopping for the money, bopping for the dollars. when they always wanted to meet ask me. Huh? Yeah, thought and bopping. See, now they say thought and bopping. So thought for those of you who don't know who are of a particular age, T-H-O-T is the is the word that was first used on Love and Hip Hop by one of the guys on there in Atlanta. I don't know if it was love and hip-hop. You know what actually? Guess what? It was not love and hip hop. It was that failed reality show that was about the black girls in the sororities um, out there in Atlanta. And one of the gentlemen on there said, Oh, you know, oh, it's that hoe over there? That hoe over there, even though it's spelled wrong, T W, it, it would should have been twat. That hoe over there, because whore is with the W. Anyway, I digress anyway, anyway, thoughting and bopping, three of those thoughts are now going to have to worry about defending themselves after they tried to extort money by way of their legal counsel, Tony Busby. Tony, you should have been a whole lot more bird dog. you should have done a whole lot more bird dogging instead of trying to go after every black man that you can find with deep pockets just because you're a big old class one hater. Anyway, you couldn't beat Mayor Turner for the mayoral uh, in the mayoral race, so now you're trying to beat the highest paid quarterback in the game, and guess what? He out quarterbacked you and he out lawyered you because Rusty and can run circles around Tony Busby anytime running around circles, blindfolded and backwards. So, you know, well, we had two good stories in the NFL. No, of course, we have one bad one. Now, you know what? With the brothers in the NFL, I believe that black men make up the majority of the NFL athletes, you know. So, you know, if you did not get a chance to watch anything online, if your phone systems were down, if your video wasn't working, well, then shame on you. I am going to tell you, you missed one of the best Video brawls in an airport in the history of airports. A United worker allegedly called Brendan Langley, who is formerly in the NFL. <executioners,2003> Brendan said that he, the United worker, called him a p u s escorts us escorts us. Why y'all know what that means? And that the United worker hit him first. There was tension in the terminal when the, there was an infamous brawl that broke out. Now, Brendan Langley was minding his own business according to uh, according to a player, Alan, according to a statement from Alan Jackson who is Brendan's attorney, who says that the former Denver Broncos cornerback um, is the real victim in all of this, and even though he was giving a class one a square butt whipping on that you know, when I tell you, it was like put up the deuce, put him up, put him up, put him up well, he was Punching the crap out of this guy. And what I have to wonder is, where was the TSA agent? It seems like every time I take my black family to the airport, it's at least 50 TSA agency agents out there on the entrance. It's a whole lot of dogs walking around, German shepherds, shepherds trying to smell weed or whatever they can try to find. And there's a whole lot of security personnel. Well, it looks like if there ever really is a confrontation where a passenger, therefore it a black passenger, or potential passenger is... Opening up a can of whoop ASS on the United worker. Ain't nobody there to help. It's not a TSA agent inside. It ain't a United co-worker inside. It ain't even a baggage handler inside. I guess they're like, shoot, that's above my pay grade. Kind of like that resource officer that uh, said, that's above my pay grade. When he saw the villain, the the murderous guy coming into the Uvalde school and said, you know what? That's above my pay grade. Let me go on and let you on in the school. Well, that's what happened. If you watch the video, he had to have thrown like 10 or 15 blows On this white gentleman, and I'm saying that he's white because I believe that if this was a black on black crime, everybody would have come up and there would have been some people in jail by now. But this is not what happened. This is a white guy that was getting his butt beat by Brendan Langley. And Brendan claims that the guy hit him first. But the CCTV does not back up his claim. It looks like, you know. No one intervened. The viral footage allegedly tells only one part of the story, but I want you all to go and look at it. It's on TMZ. You can see the, 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 the fighting. I mean, I was just, I was actually floored. And you know what? I'm going to play the sound for you. And I hope that you could actually, um, well, I, well, you know what? I'll have my girl play the sound. Let me see. If I can get past, you know, a little bit of the commercial time, I don't want you to hear any of the curse words or whatever was going on, but I wanted you to actually get a a an audible, an audible take on what happened. So here, here here's, here that, was. that was a punch. If you're looking on my live stream on more, or if you're looking at me on Facebook, you're going to see the part right here. Y'all probably can't hear that out of audio, man. You can hear some girls saying, stop, stop. There's like, they're like literally putting up the dukes. The fight is going on and on and on. When I say they're punching like Ali, they're punching like Ali Frazier, y'all. Muhammad Ali versus Joe Frazier. And clearly Brendan is Ali. Now, I don't know what's going to happen after this. I don't know if if United Airlines has made a hit it, but the fight is still going on. You can hear it in the background. But then... Everybody's just standing around watching, and let me tell you something. Here's what I was always taught by my parents: if you see a fight that's going on, do not step in. It's always the person that steps in that ends up to being the one dead. I'm trying to tell you now: you see, you see a fight breaking out, that's not your business. You can just call 911, call TSA, go get somebody to help, somebody that is of the means to help, somebody that is being paid to help, and somebody that is being insured by the, the airport or by the airline that they're working for. But do not step in. Don't try to help anybody. Don't try to render aid. Don't do it. You'll be dead and on a video. And we'll be talking about you on Instagram with attorney, not Ezra Elmore, about how you didn't listen to what I said. In other news, now y'all know about cocoa and iced tea. I mean, I know that they have a wonderful little girl who's a six-year-old. Do y'all did y'all see all the heat that Ice T got from all of the media haters, all the people that are so judging, judgmental, just because. Uh, Ice-T and Coco were taking around their daughter, their six-year-old daughter, in a stroller while they were doing some shopping. I don't see anything wrong with that. Because when it looks like they have the picture, Coco and her daughter are wearing cute little matching outfits. They have a whole bunch of bags hanging off the stroller. The little girl has her legs crossed like I am tired of shopping with mommy and daddy. And I just feel like all of the haters out there that have something to say, y'all haven't really been shopping with your kids before. Let me tell you something. I don't, if, if a 12 year old could fit in a stroller, then I, I would have pushed Kennedy at 12. Well, guess what? If you see a parent walking around with their child in a stroller, stay out of their business, ma'am and sir. Stop trying to find something to judge these people on. What you need to do is go find a husband that's willing to go shopping with you and dress up in pink like Ice-T did for Coco. What you need to do is go and figure out how you can get some family time with your man. Stop being a hater. I had to go ahead and slide that in there to let you all know. that um, Hands off of the mommies just trying to make it. Because let me tell you something. Any woman that would marry a known pimp, okay, a card-carrying pimp, She's just doing what she could do to survive, baby. And guess what? Coco doesn't have a problem with it and neither does ice so stay out of their business. Y'all probably couldn't even afford the stroller that they're pushing that little girl in anyway. On other news, remember last week when I told you that it was the Notorious B.I.G.'s uh, birthday, card, birthday celebration and that the city of New York City was going to go ahead and give those Metro cards? Well, guess what? They gave out the Metro cards for Notorious B.I.G.'s 50th birthday celebration, and now they are being resold on eBay for $5,000 wonderful dollars. Yes, last weekend, fans of the Brooklyn rapper stood in line for hours to get their hands on some of the 50,000 Metro cards that were released to the public. By Wednesday, several appeared on eBay with one intrepid seller auctioning one off for almost five grand, according to Curb. Christopher George Lator Wallace, also known as the notorious B.I.G., was widely considered the greatest rapper of all time. And yes, he is considered the greatest rapper. He is the GOAT, according to Nyanza L. Moore. Let me tell you something. He and I are born in the same year, 1972. He was he was the victim. Uh, four gunshot wounds that took his life on March 9th of 1997 during a drive-by shooting in LA after the Soul Chain Music Awards. If you are one of there that were able to grab a scratched card um, or a laminate... Listen, you had the ability... To get your hand last weekend or even today on a limited edition card. And you can find them on eBay for some at $55 or some a scratched card at for a laminated with an option with for $75. I kind of messed up that sentence, but you can get it laminated. Let me tell you something. Here is a wonderful image of, and if you're seeing me today, you can see this is the image of the Metro card. It is the photograph. It's the image that's used in all of the movies where you see. The Notorious B.I.G. with a red background with a golden crown hanging to the side. It's been on several movies that have been made as like as background art, you know. And I just really hope that you are all able to just basically keep the goat alive, keep the memory alive. The Notorious B.I.G. and hats off to his mom and his estate that's able to make a lot of money and keep his legacy going. OK, moving on to what I like to hear. You know what? Let me tell you something. If you guys don't, if you guys follow any of the white comedians out there that are like super duper duper funny, you guys need to follow Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais was coming under fire last week, according to the New York Post, because he said, I am canceling. Now, he just released his Netflix special called Supernature, and the British guy from The Office, the British version, he has, he has an L- LGBTQ community that urged viewers to boycott the special because they were offended by what he said. Now, let me tell you something, you alphabet community. Let me make it plain. There is no reason why you should have some special privilege afforded to you just to be um, putting you up in this do not touch. Like, you're so... You're not some community that God has said we're not allowed to talk crap about. The only thing that is considered blasphemous is talking down about our Lord and Savior. That's what the Muslims over there in Paris were blowing the people's heads off when the newspaper out there was out there putting out things about Muhammad that were blasphemous. That's what happens over here in other countries and in the United States when you see that people are talking trash about Jesus Christ. You see anybody that's talking down about religious Leaders... Those are the people that we say hands off to. I don't find many comedians making jokes about Jesus. I don't find them making jokes about Muhammad. I don't find them making jokes about prophets in other religions. So I don't think that the LGBTQIA community has any standing to go ahead and try to talk mess about comedians trying to say that they should be banned about talking shit. Oh, excuse me, about talking crap about their community. Nobody is immune to co- comedians. Heck. Um, If you watched Eddie Murphy Raw back then in the 80s talking mad trash about black people, I didn't see anybody from the alphabet community saying hands off of black people. I mean, everybody is susceptible to people making fun of them. Remember, it was only a couple of weeks ago that crazy, crazy town gay guy out there in L.A. decided to bum rush the um, bum rush the comedian up there. What was his name? Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, when Dave Chappelle is in the middle of his act, maybe he felt some kind of way because, you know, with Will Smith jumping on stage, he felt like he could have his shiny moments to jump on the stage. And he picked up some misdemeanors and a couple of felonies. And the judge also denied him bail out there in California. So you can pick up some felonies if you want to go ahead and jump on the stage of a comedian because they're talking trash about you. But guess what? If you're going to talk trash in, in, uh, about uh, anybody in the LGBTQIA uh, world, then you have more and more, um, you have more and more jokes that you can write that would be even funny. Let me tell you something, because I got a whole lot of jokes that I think that would be funny. Gone are the days where the firings should occur if a comedian or even an actor, remember that brother that was on, um, on? was it ER? No, it was the brother that was on the, the show that was created by the sister, where she has all the shows where about the doctors and everything. Where the brother, uh, what's his name? Shonda Rhimes, Shonda Rhimes had a, a TV show. I think it might be still going on now about all the black, all the doctors that were in the community and the surgeons, that they, what they have to go through. Well, the brother uh, made a slur using the fag word. Um, on the set and they fired him. Yes, they did. Listen, there was a whole boycott of him from the white people on that show. And let me tell you something. It was so good for me to see that brother on not one, but two national commercials. Do you hear me? He has gotten two national campaigns. And when you see a high paid actor get national campaigns, they're making millions. So let me tell you something, America. When you want to go ahead and cause a certain class of people to get privileges that other classes of people don't have, it's never been a hands-off of talking trash about black people when it comes to comedians. It's not a hands-off talking about women. It's not a hands-off talking about um, people that are dwarfs among us. It's not a hands-off when you talk about handicapped people. Everybody gets talked about by comedians. If they didn't talk trash about certain sex of our society, what would be the humor in it? We must be able to find the humor in certain things that makes us sad. That's the whole point of going to watch a com- comedy show. Now, I'm gonna give you some quotes about what he said. And he said, okay, now he says he was Ricky Gervais was making fun of the trans bathroom controversy um, with quotes saying, and now the old fashioned ones say, oh, they want to use our toilets. Why shouldn't they use our toilets for ladies? Now, I don't see, I don't think that was very funny. I mean, Ricky Gervais normally is funny, but I didn't see the humor in that. I don't know what the punchline was. Here's the next thing he said, quote, they are ladies. Look at their pronouns. What about this person isn't a lady? Well, his penis, her penis. You effing bigot. What if he rapes me? Uh, that was all in quotes. I mean, I don't see that, I don't see how funny it was. Maybe we need the audio. So, Sherelle is is going to play the audio so that you can all hear it in the context because you see, I'm not a comedian, so I didn't say it with, with the same type of line. Maybe I didn't say it right. Maybe I mean, I read the words, but it didn't translate very well. That's why Ricky Gervais is getting paid multi millions of dollars from Netflix, and I'm not like, getting paid quarters. What if he rapes me? What if she rapes you? you f-ing Keep it going. Hey, what right f-ing turf Hall. Now, if you're thinking about turf, remember that word I used like a long time ago when I was describing how the transgender community came up with a word to call the lady who wrote, um, what's the wizard show? J.K. Rowling the wizard books so jk rowling made a comment that you know women are biological period god made that decision a long time ago so the trans community came out against her calling her a turf which is a trans transphobic something something radical a transphobic uh radical feminist and i don't care what it means I don't need a name for women to be called that's made up by some trans non-women. I mean, grow a vagina and then talk to me. Please, I don't know why there is even a discussion, but all of you trans people out there, guess what? Your your group is now inciting violence. Your group of people has caused your the, the brother out there in California to run and jump on stage and try to physically assault Chris... Uh, What's the name? Chris what? Chris Rock. Chris Rock? I keep wanting to say Chris Tucker. I wonder how he's doing. Chris Rock. And now you got right down out there and you validate, y'all. Guess what? Well, it looks like our resident newly classified mass murderer like to wear girls clothes. It looks like he's a part of the transgender community. And here's what I have to say about that. I am so tired of the Democratic Party. I'm saying the Democratic Party, allowing the LGBTQIA community to gaslight the rest of us into thinking that being a transgender, trans whatever you are, is not a mental disorder. Did you hear me? If you are looking in the mirror and you have a penis, but you want to go out as a woman and you want to tell me that I'm the one who's crazy, then that is called gaslighting. And so the gaslighting of America needs to stop. And that is the one thing that the GOP has us on. Now, the mass murderer wanted to be a woman. Y'all saw the selfies that he took with his, with, his, with his little pasty looking self with his haircut like he wanted to go ahead and flip it into a bob like he was ready to put on a woman's wig and some lipstick at any moment. Being out there raised by his grandma and grandpa, you know. He wanted to be a woman. Possibly. I don't know what his deal was, but obviously he needed some psychiatric help because they're so busy trying to say that he didn't display any violent tendencies or he didn't have a history of mental disorder. The heck he didn't. The fact that he thought that he wanted to be a woman was enough. The fact that you are out there saying that this man was not crazy and did not need any psychological help when he wanted to be a woman is enough crazy right now. We're going ahead and capitalizing on the gaslighting of the Democrats. So when Beto O'Rourke was up there trying to make, trying to go ahead and blast the GOP on gun control and making a grandstand just so that he can get more followers and voters. What I would have been there saying, I would have said, sit down, Beto, sit down, Beto. Now is not the time for you to go ahead and try to get your next Twitter feed uh, boasted up like he did. Remember, Beto used the Colin Kaepernick taking a knee moment in time to go ahead and get the 50 million dollars that he was able to raise by showing a viral video. He thought that making a stand at the at the um, conference, at the media conference that was being hosted by the governor and that had a lot of elected officials out there from Texas sitting up on the stage, Beto used that as his moment to shine. But reality was, maybe those GOPers were not equipped with a clapback but if they had been listening to my show they would have said, Beto, why don't you sit down? Because while you're talking about AR-15s and while you're talking about gun control maybe the mental health argument that those Republicans up there should be. Megan was if he was out there trying to wear dresses. Maybe somebody should have given him some type of therapy to let him know that you are crazy and you are suffering from a mental disorder because anytime that you are trans anything, that means that your brain is playing tricks on you. So you got to be crazy. And maybe if they had given him some type of therapy before he dropped out of high school out there in Uvalde, then maybe the counselors on the school would have given him some type of therapy that he needed to realize that this trans issue that's going on in his brain i Is being put to the test and that he cannot do anything about it. And so maybe they would have been able to head it off at the pass. And just hand in hand, making sure we know that two wrongs don't make a right. If the Democratic Party failed to go ahead and push forward for transgender people to be labeled as crazy so they could get free mental health, then that would have been step one in preventing this massacre. Step two would have also been that you're not allowed to drop out of school until you reach the age of 18. Now, I don't think that you should be. Able to drop out anytime before that so that there can be somebody that's still giving you some type of guidance which means school guidance because even though you're numerically an adult at 18 you still don't really know a whole lot to be able to function in the world and your brain probably still has not matured to the level to where you don't think to where you think that what is your problem the problems that you're having now are not forever problems. You know, people that commit suicide, they're committing suicide because they believe that there is no hope. Well, if this guy went in there on a suicide mission, then more than likely he thought that he did not have any hope. If his butt was forced to stay in school until he actually reached the age of 18, then maybe the school school funding and the resources would have been there to give him guidance counselors, therapy, and actual additional counseling in school. That's what the Democrats should have been pushing for. That's what the Republicans should have been able to hide behind in their commentary. It's just that they got caught off guard with Beto O'Rourke trying to make a grand about AR-15s when that is a separate issue. Access to weapons. I I hasten to believe that you would not be able to buy an AR-15 on the black market if you wanted to. More than likely, uh, having a common sense gun reform is a step, but not the only step. Stop it, Democrats. You need to start thinking about mental health things. And I'm going to talk some more about that in just a minute when I take this quick break, because I got to tell you exactly why the Democrats don't want to claim the mental health of the transgender communities is at risk, and why the GOP does not want to go ahead and give us universal background checks and make an all-out ban on assault rifle. There has to be a method to the madness. I'm going to give you a rhyme to this reasoning. Be back in a minute. Boom, 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 boom. So, you know, listen, I am um, very well aware of Beto O'Rourke's position that he needs to figure out a way to win. Because he, if you all pay attention, Beto O'Rourke has raised over, what, $200 million uh, combined with all of his campaigns, all of his failed bids to be anything other than the congressman out there in San Antonio, out there in El Paso. Remember, He was just a congressman in El Paso. After that, he ran for president. Uh, No, did he run for senator or president first? Mm -hmm. He ran for uh, U.S. Senate. Mm -hmm. And then he lost that. And then he ran for president. And he lost that. Now he's running for governor. What we have come to be... um, uh, We're we're all desensitized. We think that just because somebody, and this is the Democratic Party, and this is where the Democratic Party always fails, and this is why you can't win nothing. Nothing, yeah, I said a double negative. They can't win a darn thing because they're going about it the wrong way. Instead of them putting some time and effort into some of these candidates who have not run before. And some of these candidates who actually have a rhyme to the reason some of these candidates who can actually win. Let me tell you something out here in the great state of Texas we are mostly conservative thinkers. We are at the bottom of the Bible belt. We got more churches than liquor stores, do you hear me? Whether you're in the Latino community, the black community, or the white community. We have a whole lot of churches and a whole lot of religions, but a lot of them are Christian based. So my point is this, when you have the GOP acting as the moral compass of America, and then you have the bottom of the Bible belt right here in Texas, where you where you see that after one of the mass shootings that was taking place at a church in Texas, in one of the rural areas, there was a white guy that went up there shooting up people in the middle of the Sunday service, baby. And when the shooter came outside, I guess one of the citizens who was not in church, thank God, who does have a weapon and a pickup truck, he he heard the gun. He either heard the gunshot. Or somebody like his son or somebody called him and said, daddy, daddy, they shooting up there at the church across the street. Daddy went out there with his gun and got in that truck and went ahead and shot that dude. Do you hear me? Daddy was able to go ahead and dead that, that, that situation. So let me tell you something. We have the reason. Wait. And I'm going to make it clear so that if you're out there and you're running for office or if you're out there, whether you're running on the GOP side or the Democratic side, let me go ahead and give you some talking points, because you need to have a reply. The first one I'm gonna give is the Democratic talking point. Okay, the Democratic talking point. When we're back on the air, the song at that high. Go ahead and dim it, okay. dim it down. Okay, cool. The Democratic talking point, and then I'm gonna give you the GOP talking point because. Both sides have viable arguments, but both sides need the other side. There's not one fix-all. Ready? Welcome back, everybody. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, the same way that as an attorney, I will have certain talking points that I would give to media if they want to ask something about my clients. I always come up with the talking points and I always make sure that everybody in the group is aware of the talking points specifically so that everybody stays on message. Okay. The GOP is really good at doing that. They get their talking points from Fox National News. The Democratic Party has not been able to come up with that at all. They're scatterbrained. They're all running them up. They've been run astray, led astray, run astray, all that. Their stuff has never been together. There's never been a sense of congeniality as a far as the Democrats saying we got one message, let's hammer it home. Well, the first set of talking points. Now, you know what? Here's what we saw Beto do. Yes. Uh, a couple of days ago in Ubaldi. Beto stands up and the only thing he can manage to yell out for his hope of being insta famed again was you need to do more. You need to take action. We need a ban we need you need to do your job. First of all, they told that wasn't it. That ain't what you needed. Okay? All that did was cause one of the people on the on the um dais to call him an A-hole and try to get him out of there. You saw the one police officer trying to put his hand like up like so Beto wouldn't just jump on the during stage. And then you saw the um Texas delegation, the elected officials down from the from the governor on down to state reps and city councilman, I'm sure. But They didn't really have an adequate response because they knew what Beto was trying to do. Simply putting a ban on assault weapons does not fix the problem. Okay, that's not it. Simply saying we need universal background checks does not fix the problem. Now, that's the kind of thing that worked over in New Zealand, or no, Australia, when after a mass shooting, the um, president, I believe it was a woman at the time, the president went ahead and made an all out ban on semi-automatic weapons and was able to confiscate. Yes, that wasn't Australia. was able to confiscate 650,000 guns. And after that confiscation, that reduced the rates of murders and suicides across the country. Now, this is what Australia did back in September of 1997. They started the push from October 96 through uh, September 1997, and they responded to their problem with a solution that was straightforward and severe. No more guns, and they made it a mandatory buyback situation. See, here's where Beto failed. We need to get the current guns off the street, simple Simon Beto. It's not about who else could get the guns in the future. An all-out ban on selling assault rifles is not going to stop the, the guns that are already in the hands of millions of people in the black market. Remember, America is the largest, man, the United States is the largest manufacturer of assault weapons as well as war weapons, okay? So if we're able to get billions of dollars in war um. War artillery over to Ukraine at a moment's notice and not not even have an effect on our own arsenal, then you have to know that the gun manufacturers want to keep profits high and the body counts low. But you know what? I don't know any other way around this except to say that the United States has to be willing to pay to buy back all the guns that are out there on the black market. So that way, some of these people are like, look, if I paid $300, $400 for this gun, or if I paid $800 for this gun, then I need the government to be willing to pay me back the amount that I paid plus 5% or maybe even 10%. And then if you do the buyback, there should be a guarantee that they do not then try to investigate the person turning in the weapon Unless they can do a ballistics test and run that those bullets or whatever, or run that gun through all of its um databases to see whether or not it had been used in a murder. Other than that, they should be or they can be able to say, we'll take them back anonymously. If you're if you believe that your weapon may have been compromised and used in a violent act, then you can go ahead and drop off your gun anonymously. OK, without us doing any investigation, they'll just be able to use the gun and take it off the street. So that is something that is logical. That it allows the people to number one not lose financial value of the possession of the property that they own. It's not an unjust governmental taking of the property that they had a right to buy, and also it it, it gives us a sense of relief. That we're getting some of the guns off the street. Now, I don't know how many guns they had up there in Australia. I didn't even think that they would have 650,000 people that had guns back there in 1996 and 97 in Australia. But guess what? If the United States did even one bit of this, it would be better for everybody moving around. Now. If we have the reason, now that's what you need to say as the Democrat. If you're not able to say, let's get rid of all the guns, which we cannot, then you have to say, for those of you who want to participate in this buyback program, we're going to give you a financial incentive and we're not going to look into your background and you can do it anonymously. That's number one. Now, here we go. For those of you out there who are interested in the universal background check, when I ran for a federal office, I ran on the position of the need for a universal background check because at the time, and I believe still to this day, there is still no way to prevent someone who is on the no-fly list, the terrorist no-fly list, from getting a gun. The GOP, the conservative Republicans Still, even if they didn't want to stop, uh, if they did want to do a universal background check, when I was running, I said, listen, if you don't even want everybody to get a universal background check, that's fine. Here's an alternative that Nyanza is proposing. If I'm elected to be your congresswoman, I'll say, okay, okay, over there, red side, I can work across the aisle. How about if we just prevent anyone on the no-fly list from being able to buy a weapon? Just stop the terrorists, the domestic terrorists and the international terrorists, whomever's going to terrorize citizens in the United States. If you're on the no fly list, you should not be able to buy a gun of any kind. They said no to that. So, see, that is pure logic. Now, when you face the Republican Party with a purely logical position, then they have to come back with a response. To that particular no-fly people being banned from buying weapons, there is no adequate response, okay? So that's how the Democrats could win in a debate about gun control, because we're not trying to stop people from exercising their Second Amendment right. You're not trying to stop people from buying automatic weapons or semi-automatic weapons, and you are not trying to stop people from being able to you know, shoot weapons and buy guns at 18. You're just trying to stop the terrorists who are usually on the FBI no-fly list from being able to buy a weapon that could possibly be used by people that have already been determined to have a propensity for violence, okay? It takes a lot to get on the no-fly list. You have to have done some things. More than likely, you're on the FBI most wanted list. More than likely, you've killed a couple of people. And you know what? If we put those people on the no-fly list and say they can't buy guns, then that automatically puts it in the hands of the federal uh, federal, um, um uh, patrol. Let's say if the FBI puts the people on the list, then the federal bureau of Inves- investigations and the DEA would be the people that would determine who can buy a gun and who cannot. And it would also allow them to do a little bit more policing of the crazies out there. Do you hear me now? Here is the reason why even faced with all of this logic, Coming from the liberal point of view as to what we could use in response to the Republican GOP that says it's only about mental health. Here is the here is the GOP response. If the GOP needed some talking points, it would have to be this. And this would be what I would claim to be their insular where only these talking points are shared from the educated amongst those people and the elected officials in the GOP party. This is what they would say to their people on the back channels. We need the crazies in our party. We need to protect the people that have no problem getting involved, and shooting or being shot. We need the people that are the stormtroopers in the GOP party to be able to have the weapons needed in case we need to be ready for a civil war. Let me tell you something. If you listened to last week's show, then I told you all about the stormtroopers. The stormtroopers were the ones uh, that were not a part of the Nazi party, okay? In the late 1920s, when the after the end of World War One. When the German working class, the Aryans of them, who wanted to make sure that they could maintain a purified race, they wanted the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Germans or the brown-haired, brown-eyed Germans like Adolf Hitler. Hello. he must have had some color in there somewhere in his lineage. But they wanted to protect their race. And so they were able to go out and commit acts of violence, egregious violence. They were beating people to death. They were murdering them with, with um, gun violence. So when you see that these are the people the stormtroopers back in the 20s that when Adolf Hitler was a part of that nationalist movement and he was a part of the Nazi party, which was one of those small parties that nobody even really cared about, kind of like the Green Party and the Libertarian Libertarian Party here in the United States. Well, at the time, Adolf Hitler knew very well that based on the readings of the uh, from the French Parisian author who wrote the book on... Um, The replacement theory, he's the one who coined the phrase replacement theory. If Hitler is reading that book and also has in his possession and has studied the stormtroopers new inductee manual of training and it hammers home the same thing that's in the the book on the replacement theory, which is the line that if you cannot get power by democratic means in order to preserve the white Aryan Germans, then you must use violence. Do not fear the use of violence in order to protect your people. Now, if you need the use of violence then you have to make sure that you already have people in your group that have a propensity towards violence. People that have already committed acts of violence, people that already have problems with aggression, people that may have already beaten somebody to death. You know, those people that when they were in elementary schools they were doing torture on little animals. You know, that's one of the things, that's one of the commonalities amongst serial killers and mass murders that they don't have a, they don't have, they're desensitized to death. They don't see the humanity in other people. A lot of them have mental defects in them that say, hey, I have no remorse. I don't feel bad about the people. They're just dead. So those people don't worry about being killed or killing other people. Well, if you want to follow the pattern and practice of the Nazi regime's rise to power and how they were able to go from an obscure party in Germany in the late 1920s to then partnering under the Nazi leadership of Adolf Hitler, partnering with the stormtroopers and allowing the stormtroopers to go from being some fringe right wing group of violent offenders that nobody wants to deal with because they're so day class A, then if you learn from Hitler's rise to power, the GOPs have basically taken all of that as a lesson in how to protect the regime of white supremacy in the United States of America. So they are doing the same thing. That is exactly what Donald Trump did. When when Adolf Hitler was rising to power, once he finally was um, given the position of chancellor, remember I told you last week, the uh, the German system of government at the time before Hitler rose had a president which is like our president. Then they had a chancellor, which is the equivalent of a prime minister like they have out there in Great Britain, and a vice chancellor, which they call the vice chancellor even though it's the ICE. So if they have those three leaders, then basically Hitler was able to come in, um, do a lot of slick talking to get the chancellor removed, get the vice chancellor moved into the chancellor's position and convince the president um, von uh, von hindenburg to appoint adolf hitler as the vice chancellor okay so when you had those three people now in power the the chancellor at the time thought that hitler was going to help him the chancellor become president after von hindenburg's term was over or if he died because at the time he was in the late his late 80s or early 90s and he was in failed health and so they Felt like he was about to die any day soon. So Hitler was playing both ends against the middle, making the chancellor feel like Hitler was supporting him to be president. When the reality was Hitler knew that he was going to run for president. Okay. But he didn't have to, because guess what? Once the vice, once the president was still the president, Hitler was named the chancellor. Okay. They were able to get the, the, the the chancellor out of office, out of uh, some, some, special election and then hitler became the chancellor well here's what happened six months into that after hitler got the chancellor position that time von hindenburg was basically not working in the presidential oval office anymore he was staying at his estate okay he didn't really want to have anything to do with what was going on but he was the type of president that did not like To have unruly natures, unruly conversations going on in his government. So when Hitler came in and said, I have a plan, Hitler at that time said, I have a plan to get the party to be, you know, focused on what you want, Mr. President. Let me put my plan in action. And what Hitler did was he called on His best connection, the leader of the stormtroopers, okay? The leaders of the stormtroopers' last name was Rom, R-H-O-M, or something like that. So I'm going to say Mr. Rom, stormtrooper Rom, was upset with Hitler because he felt like when Hitler took power and was named chancellor, that Hitler then became a part of the political elite class. If you recall correctly, historically, the uprisings always occur based on the working class being tired of the ruling class being in power okay? The working class does the uprisings. The working class did the uprising in Cuba. The working class did the uprising in Iraq to allow Fidel Castro and Saddam Hussein to become their leaders because they were representing the people. The people need the power. Well, all those people that get the power, they always have some villainous dictator who says that he's going to represent the people if the people get the power, and then the dictator converts to authoritarianism and then they go ahead and get rid of the democracy that they said that they were going to be fighting for to begin with. So, This is exactly what happened in Nazi Germany. If you recall the conversations that we were having in the news media during Donald Trump's, after Donald Trump's election in his first six months of office, he did the same thing that Hitler did in the first six months of office. Automatically start partnering with other authoritarian leaders across the globe. To go ahead and take a a nod from their playbook. Hitler was um, having conversations with Benito Mussolini. Hitler was having conversations with other dictators. Hitler was making sure that he had the right conversation to see exactly how they did it. How did they attain power from a democracy to an authoritarian regime? How did they hold on to power? And what violent means did they use to get that power? Now, you're not going to see Adolf Hitler running around there with a gun in his hand, an AR-15s in his hand, more people down. No, he's going to use the gangster stormtroopers. And then, because he's now the chancellor, he convinced the president, von Hindenburg, to allow him to use the stormtroopers as a part of the Nazi party umbrella. To go ahead and enforce what von Hindenburg wanted to set out in his legacy. Well it kind of was like a ruse that Hitler was playing because he knew that von Hindenburg didn't really want to have anything to do with what was going on. He just wanted to make sure that, it, well, that he had a valid successor. And if you know anything about history and that side of the world, when the president is going to leave office early, uh, either by resignation or by death due to illness, then the president is supposed to name a successor. Will it be the chancellor Or will it be somebody else? That's how it works. It's not like they do in the United States where automatically the vice president, because they don't have a vice president, they didn't have a vice president in Germany. Well, after what is called the Night of the Long Knives. Now, the Night of the Long Knives in Germany is one night back there, I believe in March of, it's either March or June of 1934 or 1933. I can't get the date. Uh, I don't want to confuse the date. The Night of the Long Knives is the start of the violent regime of the Nazi party. It was the night where, when Hitler was basically in a political race with another person Hitler was in a political race with a, another person who was the vice chancellor, and that vice chancellor wanted to get the appointment to be the successor from von Hindenburg. Von Hindenburg had not made the decision as to whether it was going to be Hitler to take over as a president, which would make it easier for Hitler to then go ahead and change the constitution of Germany and then be able to go ahead and convert, uh, kill democracy and rise up authoritarian rule. So when they had this basically tug of war to see who was going to get the successor appointment, Hitler made the decision. He went to a Hitler attended a wedding that had all of the dignitaries in the in von Hindenburg's administration at the wedding. Hitler, one of Hitler's stormtrooper henchmen, showed up at the wedding and basically told Hitler in his ear that the other guy, the uh, the vice chancellor was about to have a meeting with von Hindenburg the next day to ensure that he could have the last conversation to win von Hindenburg over to his side so that he could get the appointment. That afternoon, Hitler leaves the wedding, like the pre-wedding festivities, and but devises a plan with his um, storm troopers and his secret sect of the Nazi party on how they would prevent the meeting from happening between von Hindenburg and the chancellor, okay? They decided that they would look at the administrative breakdown on the positions of power. Hitler made the decision to send the stormtroopers out there to go ahead and since now they were validated because now they were wearing Nazi uniforms, now they were actually part of the military, you know the enforcer division basically now that they have, now that you have all these felons and all these violent offenders, all these people who have committed all these illegal acts, you know, taking, taking Jewish people up and beating them to death, going ahead and blitzing people locking people up, they, they locked up 25,000 people minorities and Jews combined all in the course of one week in Germany when Hitler was rising to power. So the stormtroopers locked up all those people, but on the night of the long knives is when Hitler made the decision to basically have the stormtroopers go and execute all of the people in the administration, okay? All of the people in the president's cabinet who were anti-Nazi, who had been a former member of the other political party before the the non-Nazi party members, like the Green Party, the Democrats, the Republicans, and the Libertarians. So he said, execute all of their chiefs and execute all of the people, kill them and their wives, so the stormtroopers had their marching orders, and literally, while Hitler was kicking it at the wedding on the weekend, the stormtrooper went out with the Nazi permission in the Nazi uniform, and drug husbands and wives, if, if, it, if it was the captain of a, certain, of a certain, let's just take, if it was Texas's Uh, House district, they would take out the state representative and his wife, execute them on the spot. They executed all of the heads on the same night. And the next morning, no one was left. The next morning, there were 24 executions. And that was the first act of violence committed by the Nazi party that went unchecked. That was the first time when you have the commander of a certain branch of the military. You have a general being executed. You have not only him, but his wife. You make sure that not only the general, but his lieutenant underneath him. Everybody is executed. And then what happened? That meeting that was supposed to take place between von Hindenburg and the chancellor who wanted to get the succession appointment. Instead, Hitler showed up at von Hindenburg's estate. And Hitler went in to the then ailing president and said, I'm here to meet with you. And he used all of his, his um, well-known ability of persuasion to convince the, the, the president von Hindenburg to name Adolf Hitler as the successor, basically because the other guy never did make it to have the meeting with the president. If, in fact... Hitler had not used the stormtroopers to utilize violent, murderous means to kill everybody that was going to support that other chancellor to get the succession appointment. Then Hitler never would have taken power because by the by, by the constitution they were supposed to have a named successor in place where the president got to appoint the person. And what happened? A couple of days later, after that meeting with Hitler, they they came out that during that meeting, President von Hindenburg addressed Hitler as your majesty. Do you hear me? So people often say, back in looking at history's times, that that addressing Hitler as your majesty was basically a telltale sign that Hitler's schmoozing worked. And number two, that von Hindenburg may not been in his right frame of mind when he made that appointment, but it doesn't even matter because von Hindenburg died only days later. So the calculating nature that Adolf Hitler had and the willingness and the ability to execute people. Without regard for what justice is, without regard for the law, and basically telling those people of the opposing party that, look, we will kill your butt if we got to. We will take you out. And anybody who has ever said anything against us, we have people that have no problem murdering because it takes a whole lot of cojones to murder somebody. It takes a whole lot of cojones to kill up a whole bunch of people without them having done anything wrong. But if you look back at the text, the stormtroopers and and the masterminds of the Nazi party, Goebbels and Heichmann, were the ones who masterminded this whole violent rampage that allowed Hitler to solidify power. So I'm gonna go ahead and cut to a commercial so we can come back with the second album and give you some more background to the foreground and let you know that the Aryan Brotherhood is the stormtrooper of the GOP. And the GOP is set out to protect their stormtroopers at any cost, even at the cost of the loss of 19 children's lives and the cost of two teachers' lives from Uvalde. So you see, this is the perfect time for us to change the argument that the liberal Democrats are making. They're not, they, they are not, Thinking about the historical context as to the reason why AR-15s are necessary, they should have paid attention to the January 6th insurrectionists and saw the level of aggression and the level of violence, the the what they were from what they were chanting to the means that they used to breach the Capitol building. To the, to the, to some of the weapons that were found in some of the cars. They had pipe bombs that were hidden. They came armed with, with guns, AR-15s that were found by the feds afterwards when they were going ahead and investigating all these crazies. Well, if you know that the January 6th insurrectionist and the, um, political elite in the GOP party that basically took them on, um, tours of the Capitol building so they could know exactly where to go in, which hallways to go down and how to get to Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi and Chuck Schumer's offices, well, then they also know that most of those people out there with the guns and the crazies, especially the guy that had on the, the Viking hat with the horns, you have to know that those are probably not your PhD uh, GOPers running around. Now, we did see that there was a, a a dentist out there in Dallas that chartered a private jet to take the, um, the political elite amongst their stormtroopers up to D.C. to go ahead and do an uprising on January the 6th. But, you know, those are not the people that we were going to bank on that were going to actually be willing to shoot a cop. They were not going to actually be willing to destroy their personal lives. They always want to use their stormtroopers, troopers specifically for violent acts violent acts of hostile takeovers violent acts of a coup d'etat violent acts of preventing it using any means necessary to prevent a regime change and that's exactly what they did they have sent out their marching orders to their violent stormtroopers in the gop the aryan nations of them the kkk clansmen of them the grand wizards of them you know the um the the brotherhood what they call it the brotherhoods the confederate brotherhoods out there so if they are making sure that those people maintain the right to bear arms right to bear any kind of arms if they in fact decided to say, okay, we're going to go with Nyanza. Well, some of those people are on the terrorist do not fly list. Some of those people couldn't take an airplane up there. They couldn't fly up there to commit those acts of violence because they can't take a gun on the plane. They can't figure out a way to go ahead and put it on the plane. They got to make sure they take people who can take their AR-15s. Some of those people who already have a couple of felonies, some of those that need to hear from the president of the United States don't worry about it. I'll pay your legal fees. Don't worry about it. If you you have a right to bear arms, you have a right to that AR-15. There's nothing in the federal rules and there's nothing in any state's code that prevents you from bearing arms and going and shooting out a whole bunch of people. I'm trying to tell you what time it is. So you have to be in a position where, as a Democrat, you stop making that argument when you know exactly what the reasoning is behind them never agreeing to it, home. My microphone's not on. No, it's not. Ready? Now, before the break, if you got a chance to listen to me during my outtake, which is what I have streaming on Facebook at Nianza Elmore and on Instagram at Nianza Elmore. So, if you're live streaming, you got to hear the outtake. So, I'm going to catch you guys up with like a one or two sentences. The Stormtroopers, Okay. Of, ninth, of the 1920s and 30s that helped Hitler rise to power are the Aryan nation and the brotherhoods of today and the KKK of today that the political elite in the Republican Party need, like they need oxygen in order to to propel their efforts to overtake the government by any means necessary. You're not going to see a lot of these PhDers walking around with AR-15s. No, they're going to say that for the criminals amongst their party. See, they don't have, they try to pretend that they are not the political elite. You know, if you are a political elite of the Democratic Party, then the Republican um, stormtroopers on their side are Made or sent out to use any means necessary to destroy the Democrats. So if you know that you're, you have people in your party that need to be ready for a civil war, that must be ready for a revolution, just like the same way they were ready during the January 6th insurrection, they needed the stormtroopers of today. They needed two things. They needed to be control of the White House with a president in office who had already made it plain that if you do any act of violence against any of these uh, these Democrats, or if you commit an act of violence that is necessary to prevent Joe Biden from being sworn in as the next president of the United States, then I will pay your legal fees. If you commit acts of violence, we will protect you in the White House. I am still the president. I am still the leader of the armed forces. And since I cannot send the United States military after the Democrats because they're trying to lead people into a changing of the guard, I got to send out the stormtroopers in the GOP to make sure they take their gun. Because remember, that lady who was the dentist from Dallas... Who, who chartered a private jet to fly up there on January 6th for the insurrection. Now, those people on her private jet, they were sipping champagne because those are the political elite in the GOP party. They are not the felons who have a hard time go- trying to get on an airplane anyway because, number one, they're trying to take a weapon with them. And number two, they probably don't have a driver's license. And number three, they probably got a couple of um, warrants out for their arrest for other violent acts that they've committed. And number four, they probably are not able to leave their city or town legally because they're probation officer or the parole officer may say that's a violation. Well, so they got to drive. They're the ones who probably are driving their Winnebago. Remember that dumb girl who was out there that had all that craziness to say that tried to breach the doors and even though the, the security officer that was inside of the Capitol building was pointing that, that Glock uh, that Glock 45 out to her, to her head. And she still was trying to get through that window. And he was like, look here, ma'am, I'm aiming my weapon at your face. You keep on trying to come up here. He had like 50 people trying to bust through the door. Y'all remember that, that casualty? When he shot that broad through the glass and put her down. Do you hear me? If you looked at the video footage from that actual... At that actual event, you will see very clearly that that police officer has that gun pointed to her head. He didn't need a red dot. He looked like he had the sharp shooting capability down without the red dot, ma'am. Do you hear me? So if you see a gun pointed at your face with a police officer pointing it at your face and you are a Becky or a Karen from the White Privileged Society amongst the GOP population and you drive your butt all the way to the insurrectionist, you figured out a way to breach the barricades, go up the stairs, climb the wall go up even more stairs find one set of double doors where y'all find a nice little hallway where y'all just decided to bum rush and since you are a former military uh, woman in the United, from the United States uh, military personnel, then you are Automatically felt like, well, what? What? You're going to point this gun about my head, but I know you ain't going to shoot me because I'm white. I know you ain't going to shoot me because I'm a woman. I know you ain't going to shoot me because I'm privileged. Well, guess what? Let me tell you something. The, the gaslighting of the stormtroopers that the white elitist political um, arm of the GOP party, all of the gaslighting that they have done to their stormtroopers has made them feel like they're invincible, has made them feel like the government will have to bow down to them. They have been made to feel like just like they did over there in, uh, in Iraq for Saddam to take power. That they can just go ahead and start shooting and bring weapons into the Capitol building with no recourse. That they can go ahead and bring guns to a gunfight and expect for the people in uniform to put down their weapons while they go ahead and go blasting on the reps and the senators that were in the um, Capitol building at the time. So now that we have seen that you have the January 6th committee who is a committee full of people who have no prosecutorial power at all. Like if you're having all these interviews and it then comes out just in the last couple of days that Donald Trump was telling the people in his, around him that they need to go find Mike Pence and that we need to basically go ahead and give him over to the to stormtroopers outside so that they can go ahead and hang the vice president. That's a problem. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen, it's exactly what Adolf Hitler did. When he was named interim chancellor and his vice chancellor wanted to be the president that was going to be appointed to be the successor by President von Hindenburg. Do you hear me? So Donald Trump is Hitler. The vice president, Mike Pence, is the vice chancellor in Germany. So basically, when the president, when the chancellor turns on the vice and said, "Go string him up," he is basically ensuring that there is no bona fide successor to take over except for Trump or except for Hitler. Because if you kill the vice president, the next person who's supposed to take over is the Speaker of the Senate, which would have been Mitch McConnell. Do you hear me? So he was like, uh, "Kill Mitch. Uh, it's okay if y'all want to go ahead and string up Mike Pence. Go ahead and find him. They those." Have even brought and constructed a guillotine. You know what that is. Well, a guillotine is basically where you're going to take the person. Now, during the French Revolution, the French workers decided that it was much more efficient for their gangster storm to chop people's heads off. So they were taking all the political elite, let's see, all of the workers stormed Versailles. That is the palace where Marie Antoinette and all of the royal family was residing out there in Versailles for so they had this whole thing the 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 stormtrooper stormed that arrested all of the royals and then drove them out to the prison so that they could be made to stand the, the same the same prison which they had a tower they had a tower in, in France where they they held them all and said you know what we're gonna go ahead and build this place and we want to chop their heads off so when you see that in the French Revolution they constructed a guillotine to go ahead and chop off the heads of the royal family and they carried it it out. And then you see in the latest American revolution by the GOP January 6th insurrectionists, they were not able to go ahead and find a blade to chop people's heads off. They wanted to use a means that they know very well. They said, let's go ahead and lynch Pence and treat him like we, we treat the black folks. Let's go ahead and lynch the vice president. So they know how to string up people by a rope. They actually built a guillotine with a noose hanging from it. And at that time, when you see that out there, in the field where the January insurrection January 6th insurrectionists were, were 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 making their 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 last stand or I guess they're taking their great stand then you will see that the president's United the president's reaction Adolf Hitler of 20 uh, 2018's, 2017's reaction was find the vice president and hand him over to the insurrectionist let them hang him for all I care That basically says that I'm going to take a playbook out of Hitler's playbook. And at the moment when I see that the stormtroopers have done exactly what I asked them to and exactly what I have been leading them to for the last two years, I'm saying two years, because the final two years of the presidency of Donald Trump were marked by him trying to run for reelection. And so basically he was starting the one year mark before the election. Um, Night, he was putting it in everyone's head that the Democrats were going to do whatever they could to steal the election, and that if they, if Donald Trump is not the winner, then the election was a sham, and that the Democrats are trying to steal it, and that he would still be remain the rightful president. So he put this salt in their heads. He decided to poison the stormtroopers in the GOP, the radical side. So, so the radical side gets all of this from the president of the United States. He says that he's their hero. He said he'll pay their legal fees. He is the commander in chief. A lot of those insurrectionists who were brought up on uh, formal federal criminal charges for violating the constitution and breaking all kinds of state and state and federal laws. I'm sure they decided to use as their defense that they were doing this with permission at the request Of the president of the United States and they were basically acting as his stead the same way the president is the leader of the armed forces for the United States military they were taking their marching orders from the president of the United States, who is the only person who has the power to give those kinds of orders. Well, you know what? Listen, everybody's entitled to a good defense, but not all defenses work. So they still were able to be convicted of these claims. And you know what? You have to think about it. That was basically a test run for what we should look forward to in the future from the GOP stormtroopers. Do you hear me? The fact that, let me tell you something about the way things work in the world. When President Obama was running for election the first time, it looked like he was not going to have a successful campaign and become the president. if you rewind your mind back to 2006, okay the ending of 2006 and then uh, and the end of 2000 and, and the beginning of 2007, in August, we were struck in Texas by Hurricane Rita. All right y'all remember that? Hurricane Rita battling on the Texas coast caused the entire uh, southern region to have to have our political people that were running for president at the time all come together in a space where there was one boardroom with the cabinet members of George with George Bush's cabinet members to go ahead and sit down and discuss the best plan of action to keep our country and our citizens protected from these hurricanes, blah, blah, blah. And what happened with the great catastrophes and the loss of life from Hurricane Rita, the loss of property, the the, the billions of dollars of destruction. People lost their livelihoods. You know, they lost people. So when that happened, it put everything on pause when it came to the presidential campaigns and required that the people that were running for office which was Obama and and Bush basically they had to go and have a meeting a cabinet meeting where Obama was invited as the Then, Democratic um, nominee for president. Okay. So, they had a roundtable discussion where all the media outlet was there. And we got to see that everyone running for president suspended their campaigns. That's number one. Number two, the national focus then stopped being wartime campaigning to focusing only on the national catastrophe of the hurricane and what to do about it, and we got to see President Obama on a national stage in a time of crisis to see exactly what type of messaging and what type of temperament that he had in that time period. So, God made it so that the people who doubted President uh, President Obama's, then uh, candidate Obama's ability to rise to the occasion if there was a national catastrophe or a national emergency and what it would look like to see him be a leader of the free world, we got to see it. Now, I believe that was the turning point in Obama's campaign because it showed us that Obama is a good person to have in crisis management. And it allowed the white people who could not envision or even imagine a black president it gave them insight to being able to have a visual on what it would look like to see a black man sitting at the table instead of being on the menu. So God used that catastrophe as a means. Now this is just what I'm thinking. I don't know what God was thinking, but I'm just having to think about this because it changed it. And Obama's um, points in that race went through the roof and he overpowered and had the faith and confidence of the people on both sides of the parties, on the Republican side and the Democratic side, to say that this is a guy we could get behind. That's why Obama was able to go ahead and sway the vote. Well, the opposite happened with Hillary Clinton. Do you recall that at the time when Hillary Clinton was running against Donald Trump in his only and singular uh, successful bid for president, The week of the election is when James Comey, the director of the FBI, came out with some bull malarkey about Hillary Clinton's server and Benghazi. On the day when the FBI was not required, nor was it necessary for James Comey to put out a statement about Benghazi four days before the election or six days before the election. So what that did was it allowed for the GOP to say and for Donald Trump to then promote that Hillary was a liar, Benghazi was a sham, she's got this secret server that she tried to destroy, it, and she's got a lot of secrets to hide. Because Hillary Clinton had the momentum behind her, the GOP party had to figure out a way to stop her momentum. Because God did not give us a catastrophe that was necessary to cause everybody to just stop, you know, kind of like the pandemic. Well, the GOP used their only advantage, getting in Comey's ear and figuring out a way for the FBI to step into a presidential presidential election when that was basically unlawful and unwarranted. And the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigations, is supposed to have no stake in the uh, presidential elections, period. So that swayed the GOP voters to double down on all their claims about Hillary Clinton being untrustworthy and that she's got a lot of secrets to hide. So here's what I believe God did. God said, let me let the GOP party go through great lengths to soil and ensure that Hillary Clinton does not win this presidency because the American people need to actually see four years of Donald Trump and actually be able to have a a witness's point of view from the destruction of what nationalism and racism and classism can do on the american people they need to see that this person is basically using the stormtroopers they the the american people need to see what it would feel like to have 3 or 4 years under totalitarian regime rule and authoritarian regime rule because if you don't if you recall correctly On day one, now I'm going to fast, I'm skipping this stuff. On day one of Hitler's time as the president, because remember I told y'all, President von Hindenburg died, named named Hitler as his successor. And on day one, Hitler decided to go ahead and take immediate action and say, we need to go ahead and suspend the rules of the constitution and figure out a way to delete democracy and confirm authoritarianism. And confirmed me to be the president for life. On day one, the first thing that President Trump did was make a Muslim ban by executive order banning all Muslims from coming into the United States. As a matter of fact, if you were a Muslim and you were at the airport in New York City, you got locked up into La- LaGuardia Airport or JFK because you could not get out of the country and the people that you had to come over here to visit you for whatever holiday that was, couldn't even come and visit you because they were locked in and they were held up by the people at the airport. So if that's the first act of a racist, nationalist, stormtrooping President Donald Trump, if that's what he does on day one, instead of on day one, giving everybody equal access to voting and on day one, giving everybody the right to freedom, uh, uh, to the right to freedom, freely associate because he kind of took away the right, the, the right to freely associate when he decided to go ahead and use the military against Private citizens who were protesting the police brutality, i.e. George Floyd. Remember, he's up in D.C. in front of the church where all of the presidents go to church at up there when they're when they're elected. And he was holding up the Bible upside down and probably backwards. Well, he made it a point to ban Muslims. Go ahead and make sure that black people were kept down, Latinos were kept down, and that he didn't do anything that was going to give them any greater bit of standing than what the dem- Democrats had already tried to do. He was into removing rights instead of confirming them and expanding them. So I'm going to cut to commercial right there. And when I come back, I'm going to give you some, a little, a few more parallels between the actions of Hitler in his first 6 months of power and Donald Trump's first 6 months of power in the United States. All right, bye. Bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah, so you have to think about it. If you look at Donald Trump's presidency, people are like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe he's trying to make friends with Putin. I can't believe he's so amenable to send, oh, Kim Jong-il, Kim Jong-il is not that bad' because remember Kim Jong Kim the first Kim Jong is the daddy, okay? He died, then his son became Kim Jong-un is his successor. Well, right now, we may not even have to worry about um, North Korea because it looks like they already had 2 million people affected with the coronavirus in the last couple of weeks, and they're dying by the millions. And they're trying to figure out a way to not have the rest of the world know that even though they've stayed as as an isolated country and and that Kim Jong-un has made it a point to keep his citizens isolated so they would not have access to the internet, they also don't have access to the medical... Um, medical needs that they need that are coming from the United States vaccine companies that have created the vaccines so there, it's catch 22 with Kim Jong Un but when you see Donald Trump trying to break bread with Kim Jong Un and trying to break bread with Kim Jong Il beforehand then you automatically know that there has to be a method to the madness he's doing this because he's trying to get in cahoots with them so he can see exactly how did you get this authoritarian dictatorship into power how did you convince the, convince the people to give up all their rights How did you convince the people to suppress the Constitution that gave them all the rights, invested all their rights in one person for the rest of their lives? I mean, how do they do that? What is your method to the madness? And I'm sorry, Donald Trump, for as dumb as he may seem. For what the education that he's trying to get, he's trying to get educated on how to become a nationalist and change the democracy of the United States and suppress the United States Constitution. So if that's what if that's what his goal is, he was able to reach his goal. Because now whenever the republic, whenever the Democrats came back in, I thought on day one or day two through five, Joe Biden would have done by executive order rolling back all of the executive orders that Donald Trump put in place. OK, I would have thought that would have been at the top of the agenda, not only just roll spend the first week rolling back by executive order, everything that Donald Trump did and automatically requesting an investigation by the Justice Department, not by the the, the legislative committees. Nobody cares about the darn. Uh, January 6th committee, I'm sorry, we don't care. If you don't have the power to put the people in jail, if you don't have the power to strip them of their rights to vote, because I believe that any person that participated in the January 6th insurrection no longer should have the right to vote in free and fair elections in the United States of America. Because we already know they're trying to suppress the rights of the people to vote. They want to basically use gasapo tactics to take over the United States Constitution and basically tear it up. For everything that John Hancock, for everything that Thomas Jefferson, for everything that Benjamin Franklin and all the framers of the Constitution put together, if you are a person that is trying to use high treason from the presidency on down to the, to the, to the, um, from the presidential office at the Oval Office, from, from where he stays all the way over to the trailer park. If you are not able from the trailer park to the Oval Office, able to get these people arrested, tried and convicted and put in jail or given a death sentence. Cause let me tell you something. Treason is a, is a crime that when the framers of the Constitution wrote it, it is a crime that is punishable by death. I'm not sure why all these people are getting like six months, seven months, 10 months, one year, two years. What's going on with these little bitty uh, uh, um, 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 times that they have to spend incarcerated? Why are the sentences so small? If they have committed one of the most egregious acts that you could ever do. Besides an attempted assassination on the president of the United States, then I don't understand why they have not had a criminal investigation done by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Then have those documents and and all those recordings and all that evidence handed over to the FBI, the Federal Bureau, and under the leadership of Mayor Mayor Garland, who is not a Supreme Court justice, but now the leader of the FBI. Why don't we have charges already? Come on now. We all been watching the same news. Here come the fans. Okay. A little sparkly. So here's what needs to happen. In light of the weakness of the Democratic Party's ability to change gun laws, the aggressive and actually very necessary and very calculated and actually, you know, successful. The Republicans have been quite successful in protecting their felons. They've been successful in protecting their felons, their murderers, in protecting their president who they elected, who was causing an insurrection. So if you listened to me during the outtake, you would have heard that for every violation that was caused by the January 6th insurrectionists, what I need to know Is why is it that when Donald Trump is in power, he's able to make a phone call over to the Justice Department and whichever leader of the FBI or whoever is the leader of the Justice Department at the time, that president, that uh, that former president was able to call on them and say, hey, I need you to go ahead and do an investigation and bring up some charges and make some arrest." Well, that's that's not what is happening here. We have, now I don't know if Mayor Garland is a Democrat, but he was on the Democrats list of the people that Obama was going to appoint um, to get the um, confirmation to be the Supreme Court justice. Now, Brett Kavanaugh seems to have no problem getting his slice of revenge on the Democrats when it came to swaying the vote on um, abortion and anything else that the liberals are trying to get through. So he has no problem um, making good on his promises to get revenge on the Democrats. That's as Bre- Brett Kavanaugh. Well, I don't understand. Do we not? I mean, where are the vengeful Democrats? I know, I know in the Bible, it says vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. But political vengeance is not what God was talking about. Okay. The way I believe is this. God said, now, if you're supposed to be the president of the United States, I'm going to make sure you get to be the president. He could have said, I wanted Donald Trump to be the president simply so that y'all dummies out there could see exactly what would happen if you keep on letting all of this rhetoric go out there on Fox News. If you keep on letting all this damaging rhetoric, all this violent rhetoric Uh, get espoused from the Fox News um, political pundits. If you keep on saying that, if you keep on getting desensitized to mass shootings, let me tell you something. I cried a couple of times for all these prior mass shootings, but in the United States of America, we have had over 240 mass shootings here in our own country with 30 of them being committed in the t- state of Texas followed by s- behind with the state of Florida with 17 and all of these mass shootings these 240 took place between 2009 and today so if you have that and the governor of Texas and the governor of Florida are the main governors out there that are supposed to be protecting the citizens with the where they have the densest populations and they're not. Instead, they are saying this is a mental health issue. This is not an AR-15 gun issue. When if you look back on the statistics and see that across the country, when you have 240 mass shootings that are committed um, and these are not. Uh terrorist shootings these are domestic terrorists homegrown nut jobs homegrown people that are exercising their rights maintained and protected by the Republican party to ensure that they have access to a weapon that can mow down in 10 minutes, mow down all those people at a grocery store in Detroit, the black people, and then in a matter of 35 minutes to an hour, I guess it probably only took about five minutes, but they couldn't get access to the killer uh, uh, in that time of space. But if you are having a party that wants to ensure that the crazies can fly in the airplanes and And that they can stay, they can, if they're on the do not fly list, they can still buy an AR-15 and that once they use this AR-15, they can blame it on um, mental health and still not even give the funding for the mental health that these people need, then you need to know that you are basically being gaslighted. And if you didn't know what that was before, now you know it. Because anytime somebody tells you that, you know, it's okay and that the nature of the weapon does not matter, they're just lying to you to make sure that you don't do anything to damper their ability to have um, mass casualties when they need it. They're looking out for their next revolution. They're looking out for their January 6th part two. Okay. They're looking out for the next time they need to have an uprising. And if they don't get to maintain their, their weapons of mass destruction, their local weapons of mass destruction, And that basically means, and I'm sorry, it wasn't 270, it was 274 mass shootings in the United States. 1,536 people were shot and killed and 983 were shot and wounded. So, and that's just over the course of 12 years. And that information was put out by there by every town for gun safety, um, support funding and analysis. They are a nonpartisan group that basically just runs the sets. And when you look at it, if you're thinking about it, the most commonly used weapon that caused the most uh, destruction was an ar type assault rifle and uh, assault uh, assault rifle ar-15 was the most common out of all of those assault weapons so when you think about it therefore the mass shootings are perpetrated number one by someone who has allegedly was was prohibited from possessing a firearm okay they are perpetrated by someone who displayed prior warning signs. And they want to say there were no warning signs. Yes, there was. There was warning signs with that dude trying to cross-dress. If you have some mental defect, which is your transgenderness, that's a mental defect. Then more than likely, instead of us being so worried about their mental health, are they gonna kill themselves? We need to be worried about are they gonna take, take, um, take up arms against the regular people out there and use their back crazy uh, mentality. And instead of us giving them the help that they need, Republicans you're just going to go ahead and arm them with an AR-15 to go ahead and act out their aggression They're all, these, these acts are usually intermingled with acts of domestic violence well guess what in the Sandy Hook shooting that dumb uh, guy went out there and shot his mama who was a teacher at the, at the elementary school and then went out and shot a, a group of first graders. In this instance, this nut job shot his grandma in the face, who was his caregiver. And then he went and sold the, the grandma's truck or minivan and wrecked it and then ran his butt up to the elementary school. So you know what? This is falling right in line with that last point that all these common, commonalities of mass shootings are that with assault rifles. The, the mass shootings are far deadlier when they involve assault weapons and high capacity magazines. Let me tell you something. You know, if, if you are in looking at this 12 year overview that I just talked about, one in four mass shooting victims were children and teenagers. So the talking point for the Democrats is you don't care about the children, Republicans. Republicans. If we see that the children and our teenagers are the least protected, the children don't have a right to vote your butt out. The teenagers don't have a way to vote your butt out of office. So you're allowing the adults in the GOP, your stormtroopers, to allow the children and the teens to consistently get murdered when they have no person that can protect them in the political realm. You're not protecting the children. So here's the commonality that I'm going to draw because nobody else is saying this. These mass shootings are not occurring in the white neighborhoods with the rich folks. They're not occurring at these places where they have the fancy, fancy, let's say the former grocery store called Rice Epicurean out there in Houston. You know, Epicurean, you have to get a dictionary just to realize what it means. So they used to have these rich people grocery stores. They have these wonderful private schools in the wealthier neighborhoods that are that take you two or three little security passes just so that you can get inside. These are not these mass shootings are happening to the Democrats kids. These mass shootings are happening to the poor people's children in the public school. The, U- the Uvalde teacher's average salary is $52,000 a year. I hasten to guess how much the resource officer was making as his salary. But let me tell you one thing. Anybody that wants to tell a resource officer where you only got one resource officer at the whole school to protect those little kids and he's being um, approached by some nut job in all black um, military gear, protective clothing it, with a long rifle, then more than likely defending with a pistol and trying to engage with somebody who has an assault weapon you know you're going to lose. And your wife probably told you on the way out of the house, assuming that this was a male resource officer, your wife probably said, baby, don't take unnecessary chances that you don't need to take. All you have is a Glock 9mm. All you have is a 22 and the school did not want to equip you with body armor and they did not want to equip you with an AR-15 so that you could stand guard like they do at the airports in Cuba. How you all see in these third world countries, there's a reason why they're running around with automatic weapons strapped on their chest. Whenever I go on vacation in Mexico, when I'm at the airport, you can see at least 10 or 20 people from the federales walking around there with the AR-15s ready to go down just in case the cartels try to broach and breach the airports just in case the car. You see those type of weapons carried by the Mexican guard and the Mexican federales when they are guarding the hotel zone so that all of these foreigners can come in and vacation and be full. Protected Because the Mexican federales understand very clearly that you cannot take a water pistol to defend those vacationers from other countries when you know that the cartel is using assault weapons, okay? They are not going to come at the people in the vacation uh, venues with a pistol. So what do they need? Force for force, baby. So I'm always going to travel to Mexico. It does not bother me in the least that all those citizens of Mexico that's trying to flee because they say they got to run away from the gun violence, well, I'm sorry. That's the place where I feel more safe than I do in the United States. If I go to a hotel in Mexico and it's either a Marriott or something down there and not one of those ones in the barrio, then I don't have to worry about it. If there's some type of violence outside, I know very well, all I got to do is close my door and let the gunplay happen. And if I hear some then the more than likely that is the Mexican federales who are very well equipped, that's probably going to roll up with some tanks onto the vacation property. Do you hear me? Now, if that's what they're doing in Mexico to combat who they believe may ever come onto the beaches or may ever try to breach the hotel zone, what do they do? They have automatic weapons to combat them. Well, that's that's not what's happening in the United States. They're not, the federal government or the state governments are not equipping their police force with enough military weapons and assault weapons no little bombs and listen they should have grenades ready to throw the moment that they saw that guy jump up at that car once he rolled it and wrecked it up the moment they saw that that resource officer should have been able to see him running across the deck along with the with the long gun and the AR-15 and thrown over a grenade to his 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 air just to hold, hold him off at the pass it may not have been a, a far enough to reach him and blow him up but if he knew that a hundred yards out that a bomb just went off he might would have turned around, realizing, well, you know what, I'm outgunned and outman. I got to go ahead and do this on another day, if at all. The the police officers that were guarding the Capitol building were not made to be conditionally brainwashed to think that if it's white people that are doing the insurrectionist that are insurrectionists, then there's no fear. There's no fear of being harmed. And if it's white people causing this riot to take over the Capitol and go ahead and string up Mike my, my pins and hang him at the direction of the president, there's nothing to fear. The white people don't fear other white people. They have been conditioned to only fear the people that don't look like them, the black people and the brown people. Okay, so if the police officers are made, even the brother, you know, the one who was the hero that's that that basically had only his billy club and his weapon and he did not draw the weapon and start pointing it at the insurrectionists who were able to actually breach the doors and basically have he be the only person in that particular wing of the Capitol that was fending off a horde of crazy white people with weapons, crazy white people with blood in their eyes, crazy white people who have already shown that they will use violence. He was able to fend them off. And do enough in his mind's eye to lead them away from the Senate chamber and lead them to a way where even though he was making all these calls on the walkie talkie, I didn't see a whole bunch of the other police officers coming over there where he was to help him in the defense. No, he was trained not to draw his weapon. So my thinking is this, the police officers are trained not to draw their weapons. However, the rogue, sharpshooting police officers who are the white nationalist former Klansmen that are members of the police forces across this country are only concerned about drawing their weapons on unarmed black men. All right. So you see show uh, showing a full restraint from ethical police officers but a showing of no restraint at all when it comes to the uh, sharpshooters and the Klansmen that have gotten police badges to protect them. And they shoot first and ask questions later when it's unarmed Black men and unarmed Latinos, okay? So you got the good ones that are taught that, but guess what? Whether or not you're taught that The only thing that matters is whether you're going to incorporate your years of training or your decades of training on the police force. Because if what you're seeing right now amongst the GOP is that we need to keep on emboldening and and protecting our stormtroopers so that they can be ready for the next insurrection. So that just in case the Republicans don't win, or just in case Donald Trump decides to run, he will still have access to those people who will enable, who will enable him to grab hold of power and maintain it using violent means. Because remember, ladies and gentlemen, I think the United States of America is only 250 years old. We've had 400 years of slavery here, so that lets you know. For about, what, 150 of those years, we were under British rule. So about 150, if you have all this time where we're under the British rule from the time that we first became enslaved over here, the black folks I'm talking to, then that means the day that they decided to have an insurrection and revolt against the British rule was the day that Americans decided they needed to figure out a way to prevent any type of treason that they may be faced with when you did that. Basically, if you killed your parents, you better write a book on how to treat those who kill their parents because one day you gonna have children of your own. And you better say that if somebody tries to kill me and they're one of my kids, here is the law that we need to enforce upon them. Here's the execution because what I don't know is why have we not had any death penalty cases against these insurrectionists? What I don't know is if somebody brought a weapon that could kill elected officials into the Capitol, why were they not on trial? Why aren't we seeing a publicized trial where they have been brought up on charges of high treason? Stop calling it insurrection. Start calling it by its names. When you call dead murders, when you call murders casualties, it desensitizes some people into thinking, well, it really ain't that bad. But when you say mass murder and call it what it is, it never loses the sting for the reality of what happened. When you say mass casualties, people can say we've had mass casualties from COVID, but nobody was murdered by COVID. People are murdered by crazy wackos in the GOP party because guess what? I haven't seen any material that I'm sure would be used by the conservative party if they were going to say, well, this is a Democrat problem. These are the crazy Democrats out there doing all this craziness. These are the Democrats going up shooting everybody. Well, these are not the Democrats. Okay? Because if they did a poll to say how many Democrats own AR-15s, it would probably be a much lower amount than the number of Republicans. Okay? Because you know that if you have gun-toting state Texas, and gun-toting state Florida be the ones with the most mass shootings, then more than likely those people are gun owners because they're exercising their Second Amendment right that has been protected by the GOP. So what I want to see is somebody out there in the Democratic Party and Beto O'Rourke, just shut your mouth, Beto, you're not going to be able to capitalize and get your 15 minutes of fame by just saying, you need to take action. You need to take action because guess what? In the time that you, you could have done more by being the congressman and running for reelection out there as the congressman instead of running for every office that you can find on a federal level to which now when you lost you, you couldn't be the president you couldn't be the senator and now you're trying to be the governor of Texas when when Texas is not going to allow Beta O'Rourke to win the presidency do you hear me there is a long-term policy of blocking the liberal ability to have their votes matter in the state of Texas do you hear me now, this is not what they want to put out there. They, what, they don't want us to say, as Democrats or liberals, they don't ever want us to say that your vote doesn't matter. But in the state of Texas, baby, your vote don't matter. Because guess what? The GOP has figured out a way to use their legislative branch right down there in Austin to make sure that you don't have your right to vote, to make sure that we don't have free and fair elections in Texas, to make sure that they have somebody from the GOP regime who is interested in creating authoritarian um, society in the United States by making sure that they appoint and they run people for offices in local elections where they have the power to say how many voting booths are out there, how what times you can vote, what hours you can vote, where you have to go to drop off your voting box, making sure there's only one mailbox or two mailboxes to drop for 4.6 million people that live in Houston you got one place to donate you can only you can't give people water when they're standing in line you can't give people food when they're standing in line you're going to go ahead and make sure that when the blue collar people get to get off work at 7 p.m. And that all the polls are closed at 10 p.m., you got to make sure they don't get to vote. And then you got to make sure that when you have all these mail-in ballots, that you go ahead and decertify those ballots for being valid because you want to just throw them out to make sure that these people that want to exercise their rights don't get to vote. Now, the GOP is very smart as into making sure they have ways to block your ability to vote so that they can continue on and continue with maintaining the ability to allow their racist nationalist stormtroopers within the GOP party to continue on with their murderous rampages where they can say it was perfectly legal for them to own a gun. It was perfectly legal for them to own an AR-15 and whether or not they had a history of violence, it was still legal for them to own that AR-15, purchase it for themselves and go shoot somebody with it because there is no prohibition against people that have terroristic tendencies or anybody on the know fly list from being able to get a weapon so we are protecting mass murderers in the gop while we are preventing the people on the democratic side from allowing them to have a vote to be able to stop the murder of children and teenagers in this country the very people who are being gunned down in mass quantities are the very people who do not have the age or the ability needed to vote okay so if the children are being killed it's up for the adults in congress to make it right to protect them aren't you supposed to be the person who protects the children i would like to see what would happen if some of these gopers at these private schools had some of these mass murderers go ahead and breach the doors at the private schools breach the doors at the private schools in dc to see exactly how it would play out well guess what in new zealand as soon as they had those 51 people gunned down at the mosque they changed the law when they had those people gunned down in 1996 in in, in Australia, they changed the law. What did they see? A plummet in suicide and murders. We're not just trying to say we want to stop mass murders. We want to stop gun violence or put a damper on the level of gun violence all across the country in every aspect where you're shooting yourself or shooting somebody else. We want to make it more difficult for you to get the weapon and then more difficult for you to be able to attain a weapon that can kill the most people. We want the police officers and the resource officers to be able to have a, a, a fight chance of protecting the people that they're um, they're hired to protect. But you can't expect some resource officer, and I mean all y'all dumb Democrats and all the all judgmental people, y'all people who probably don't even own a gun that are trying to say, well how many minutes did it take before they were able to go ahead and stop this carnage? Well that doesn't matter. Because guess what? If you're going in to stop the carnage with a pistol and you have a, an AR-15 facing you and you've got versus pop, pop, well then you're just asking for the resource officers to put their lives on the line when we're not in a time of combat in Iraq where they've got all the military armor on to protect them from head wounds and chest wounds and body wounds. They're not wearing that. They're basically there with a water pistol uh, in, in in basically Desert Storm. They went to Desert Storm with a water pistol. That's exactly what happened. They're in Desert Storm with a water pistol and told to go ahead and kill Al-Qaeda with a water pistol. That's what's happening. Because the gun violence that's happening out there, nobody's going to shoot with a pistol. They already know. They already know that because Americans' politics... Because American politics is so broken that the mass murderers or the people that are cooking up some new new plan, they're gonna to try to find some new date in the calendar to go ahead and make their claim to basically mowing down the most people. You see, this fool went in there and barricaded the door in the fourth grade class to make sure that he could kill everybody up in there. Who who goes to war with children? Okay? But who lets people have the ability to, to, to wage war on children? Who wants their child to have to worry about what the last thing they saw in life? The last thing they saw in their lives was the boogeyman came. The boogeyman came to school. The last thing they were thinking about was the boogeyman coming in. They It didn't matter how many times that they were able to do the drills on what to happen if we have an active shooter. Because guess what? Your active shooter responses. I took active shooter training when I was at Texas Southern University. It was a requirement when I was working in the general counsel's office. It was a requirement that we took the training. Well, guess what? When you have an active shooter that's really shooting, what they tell you to do is lock the door, hide, and stay silent. They don't tell you to stand up and shoot back because what they understand is you have not been equipped with teachers that have an AR-15 assault rifle inside the classroom. You've not been equipped with a resource officer who has an assault weapon on the ready. You have not been equipped with an army of militia personnel that circles the school at every entranceway. You have not been equipped with the right level of door lockdown procedures to ensure that once the teacher closes the door to the classroom, It has to be unlocked okay? To open. Most of the teachers are running around with their class doors wide open. Just like we do in office settings, the doors are open. If you do not have doors that automatically lock upon closure in these elementary and high school and junior high school classrooms, then you're telling the people who have the training on what to do to just stay there and hide, but you're not giving them anything to defend themselves or protect themselves if the actual perpetrator is in your particular classroom with an assault weapon and there ain't nowhere to Hide, and you don't have a defense mechanism. You didn't have a pipe bomb that the teacher could set off and boom, let it hit the ground and make the smoke fill the room. You didn't have that. You didn't have any type of a mechanism where there could be a, a, a button that the teacher could push that would alert the, nas- the police officers and the military personnel to the classroom where this event is occurring. Because guess what? What if the, the shooter came in and shot everybody up in the principal's office first? If they shot up the administrators first? Come on now. We're not doing what we need to. And guess what? Because academia in public schools is socialized, K through 12, you got all of our children out there. My daughter goes to a public school. If my daughter was still enrolled at the wonderful Imani school where she was educated in her elementary years, then I wouldn't have as much to worry about. Because just to get up in that um, Christian-driven uh, private school, you had to go through two levels of security. And even as a parent, they act like they couldn't recognize me sometimes. You know, they recognize my checks, but they weren't taking a chance on my face. They'd be like, well, you, 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 you look like you had a baseball cap on, Miss Moore, we're sorry. Okay, that's fine. As long as whoever wants to kill children has the same level of security. But guess what? Until these mass murderers take their murderous abilities and tendencies to these private schools, take these murderous tendencies to these places where rich people frequent. Until one of these state senators or one of these federal senators or congress people have one of their kids affected. One of their kids. One of they say, Well, we're gonna give we're sending our thoughts and prayers. I don't want you sending on more thoughts. What you think about? You not think about changing the law? I mean, we can pray on our own. It only takes two or more gathered in his name for him to be there. So if it's just the two parents that are praying, that's all that's needed for God to be in the room. So we don't need your prayers. We need your action. So stop telling me you're sending me your thoughts when you're thinking wrong. Because guess what? If you're not thinking about a way to go ahead and prevent the people um, on the no-fly list to get an AR-15 or preventing these people that have uh, prior felonies from getting a gun or preventing a way for or, 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 or creating a means for all of these schools to then be, Retrofitted. Y'all know, retrofit the schools to have gun safety entrances to where nobody can get in once the door is locked the resource officer is standing outside the door with his AR-15 or whatever kind of 16, 17, I don't even know what kind of ARs they make, but he needs to have a weapon just like the medical federales out there when you go to Cancun just like you see that they're armed maybe they know what they're dealing with, so even though they may have all that kind of corruption out there in Mexico, say what you want to in Mexico, but they don't have their school children being gunned down, and they don't have their government trying to say that they don't need to police their they don't need to outfit their police with the right kind of weaponry. They don't say that we need to worry about the people in the vacation resorts feeling offended by seeing those types of weaponry out there. No, I feel safe when I see people with machine guns ready to protect me. I feel safe when I go to a hotel in Mexico or when I go to the airport in Mexico and know that if there is a gun battle, that I can just hide and stay quiet while the people out there with the equipment designed to protect me can go out there and shoot them up and guess what and i am of the space where if you see them approaching the school shoot first and ask questions later because unless they are a dea agent coming to bust some people up or some feds then they should not be approaching any school facility with a weapon that's out for public view but guess what texas made it easy you can open carry baby without a license you can open carry you can go ahead and buy a glock you can buy an ar-15 go ahead and strap it across your chest and wear it into h-e-b if you want to you know that's our local grocery store so if you can do all those things which means that you're doing everything within your legal power you got the weapon you drove it to the school You strapped it across your chest in plain view for everybody in your path to see what you were working with. And so if you're not, you have yet to break a law with that. It makes it very hard for the resource officer to blow your head off before you decide to do that to the children. Because guess what? What they need to do is put some of the images up of what it looked like to see some of these little nine-year-old or 10-year-old kids with their heads blown off. What you need to do is show some of the images of what it looks like to have an AR-15 blast a little person's chest open where his guts and his entrails are trailing down the hallway. What you need to do is be in the room when they're taking the DNA samples from some of these parents who could only have them linked to their child by DNA because their faces were unrecognizable because obviously if that crazy animal would shoot his grandma in the face, that's probably the same thing he did to those children and if you are a part of those GOP uh, pundits, one of those people that just want to stick to the messaging one of those people that's going to be in Houston, Texas this weekend where they had the National Rifle Association out here coming to make their convention if you are Greg Abbott and Dan Paxson out here wanting to make sure and Ted Cruz is slated to give a speech, if you you are one of them then maybe somebody needs to go ahead and leak the images because i find it very interesting that only the people that are the latino representatives that represent those people in the state house and and the federal government are the ones that are coming out these grown men are crying these grown men have tears in their eyes because they were forced to view the bodies remember sandy hook when obama went in because he was the president he saw those 22 year old 22 first graders out there um, in the classroom laying out dead. Just imagine what that would look like. That you, we have become so desensitized because the media has protected us, especially the conservative media have decided to call them casualties and decided to not let us see what really happened. But if you go out there and let us see those faces of death. Let us see what the faces of mass murder look like. They don't let us see what happens in war. They don't let us see what happens when you have all those Ukrainians that are mowed down by the Russians. If we got to see the images of people with their blood and guts everywhere spread out, that would basically be a not rated movie that you're not able to see at the movie theater. We need to let these people send copies of these photographs to all of these people in the GOP party. The next time you want to protest something on the Republican side, Beta work, maybe you should have done some bird dogging and using some of your political connections to go ahead and put on some giant 24 by 36 posters some of the images of these deceased people or maybe you can just go online and find a facebook posting of somebody that's been a child that's been a victim of gun violence where their mama already put out the image because you need to let these folks see exactly what is going on if they saw the destruction see if you get shot with a pistol you might make it you get shot with a 45 you might make it You get shot with a 9-millimeter, you're probably going to make it. You might even get shot three times, you'll make it. But if you get shot with an AR-15, like his grandma in the face, we don't know what's going to happen. But if you're a fourth grader, you weren't going to make it, and none of them made it. Thoughts and prayers? My thought is pray more, shoot less, and vote. Do not let the Nazi regime, known as the GOP, the Republican Party, take over in this next election. Send all those Republicans home and vote for people who are not um, beholden to the NRA because guess what that is? That is when they say keep the politics out of it because they know all those lobbyists from the NRA have been doing their ever-living best to keep it in politics to make sure that their rights are protected. Well, guess what? If we can't change the game, you need to join them. If you can't beat them, join them. Go buy your AR-15, everybody. I'm sure they're selling them at your local Walmart. It's the top-selling um, top selling, um, it's the top selling guns, gun seller in the United States of America. I went a little bit over my time, but I needed you to leave you with that thought if you got a couple of hundred. The AR-15s must not be that expensive if you don't even have to have have a job to go buy one go down to your local Walmart I bet you can get it on layaway bye everybody be good to each other boom okay you see what I'm saying if you can if you have ever seen the image we didn't want I didn't even see I could not watch the image and the video footage of George Floyd's murder Okay, I could not watch that public lynching. You know, I saw the image of his of the police officer around there and all the other officers telling everybody to get back. But then when I realized that the end result was his death, I couldn't even watch him going down. And that wasn't him getting his head blown off. That wasn't him getting um, his face shot out. That wasn't him getting a chest wound with an with an automatic weapon. Because guess what? I don't know an automatic weapon that goes like this brrr, to be able to just fire one shot at a person. If you just spray the room a couple of times, people are going to have multiple gunshot wounds. And if you have these little bitty babies who have their little bitty bodies that are being blasted like this and their parents can't identify them and the police officers and the people that come in, the first responders cannot identify them to match them up and they basically have to do DNA testings, that means their faces are not visible. That means that those mothers will never get get to see their children and they won't ha- get to have a wake. There will be no viewing. There will basically be the funeral homes down there, which probably have never, ever had in the history 22 casualties, 22 murder victims, gunshot victims going to the city morgue and going to the funeral homes to where they had to figure out how to put these children together so their parents could lay eyes on them one last time since they cannot have an open casket. Can you imagine what's happening with these families planning out funerals? Can you just imagine can you imagine planning your summer vacation with the last day of school, which would have been today, when really you have to now figure out a way to have your child identified to be matched to you? Can you imagine the gymnasium turning into a space where they have to let the people be out there for a triage when there was no triage? You know, if you got shot. They didn't say that 45 people were injured. Everybody got killed. Nobody survived but the grandmother, and maybe God wanted her to be able to withstand. A 66-year-old woman was chosen by God to survive an AR-15 gunshot blast at close range to her face. Do you hear me? She needed to survive that because God's grace needed her to survive so that she could possibly be the one to give the insight into the mental capacity of her grandson when her grandson did not survive the deadly shooting either, okay? We have not been able to have a situation where we could actually talk to the person who was um, integral on raising this nut job, who understood that she, she was the sole person that in their family that the person killed because the cousin the boy's um the boy's auntie came out and made a statement that she said she doesn't understand she's so sorry about what happened and what about what what her nephew did she cannot believe it well that just goes to show you that there must have been a stronger level of hatred because more than likely the grandma i don't know any grandma out there that's an atheist okay And if you're a Latino grandma, more than likely you're a Catholic and more than likely you pray the rosary every day in the morning and you pray the rosary in the evening when you go to bed. And if you're one of those car carrying uh, Christian um, um, Catholics in the Republican side of things where they're out there like, you know, the Republicans have a single issue that the Latinos are following them on. That's abortion. Okay, it's against their religious right. So if you have a grandma who sees a cross-dressing son who seems like he may be kind of more of a Satanist and she's trying to hammer home that you're not doing the Lord's work. You need to follow God. You need to get back in school. You need to stop dressing up in girls' panties. You need to go ahead and follow faith. You need to go ahead and pray to the Lord. He probably was like, I'm tired of hearing you tell me about the Lord. F you and your principles, F you and your rosary and here you go. So that's what happened. He t- he took the time this was a calculated thing. He put it on the social media. He told somebody out there, some girl out there in LA that to just go ahead and watch. He has a secret. He already put up that, that he was going to go and shoot his grandma. He put on the social media that he was going to go shoot up a school. I'm sorry. Why isn't it a, a, a alarm? See, if the federal government was allowed to create basically a, um, a, a, a list of people that could not buy weapons, then If that was the case, then he would not have been able to on his 18th birthday go ahead and buy a weapon without having a background check. And then having a waiting period and then not being able to um, do some type of training that's required. If you have to have a license to drive a car, why shouldn't you have to have a license to shoot a gun that can kill somebody? If they're saying that a car is a deadly weapon or can be used like that, if people drink and drive or whatever, or just drive recklessly, or if they have distracted drivers, like if you say you're texting and driving, then that means if you're concerned about the people using the vehicle as a deadly weapon or its likelihood of using the vehicle as a deadly weapon, well, guns are created to bring death and destruction. So if the guns are designed and the AR-15 is designed to bring the most catastrophic destruction and to kill as many people as possible, then there's no reason for us to believe that when we're sending support artillery to Ukraine and the United States government is funding them with automatic assault weapon and missiles that can pinpoint how to blow up as many people as they need to in the Russian army, then the guns and the artillery are designed specifically for that purpose. So why not ensure that you have to have a license? why not ensure that if you're giving somebody a gun that can be carried openly in Texas that we know that they're not some nut job because that means we don't have to be confused so that if we see that a nut job got a gun then it would automatically alert the presses and alert the federal agencies and the state agencies that the person number one made an attempt to buy a gun and then their name came up in in the, um, the list of do not buy or do not sell to. If their name popped up in a list then that would give the feds a assist- a, a chance where they can now have the time to keep an eye on that person, because that person, all they would do is use other means like the black market or Amazon to go buy a gun, or go buy it in their grandmama name or somebody else's name. They would do that, but the feds would already have them on their list and would already be watching their Twitter fees their social media fees and would already be watching their attempts at g- uh, purchasing a gun. They would already make sure that the people that are at these gun, um, these, uh, these. Gun shows like they have all the time in Houston would make sure that if there was a gun seller that was out there, they would, they would say, well, this person, I can't sell a gun to you. They won't even do that. And you know, if you go buy a gun at a gun show, there's no background shit. There ain't nothing. They just trying to sell you the weapon and get the cash. They don't care anything about your history. So if we did have that one level of protection... To where you, if you are on the no-fly zi- no list, or if you have a, hist- if you've had a felony and you can't buy a weapon, it doesn't really make sense to say that there are laws that prevent felons from owning weapons, or that's a part of your probation or part of your parole, if it's actually not something that would stop you from being able to purchase the weapon. If you're just only found out to own the weapon, if you get arrested for something, then there's no preventive measure to stop a felon from going out and buying a a, a An AR-15. Do you hear me? So if you're not going to do something to stop them from doing it, you're only going to have the ability in Texas to penalize and say, well, if you get caught with a gun in your car, and you had a speeding ticket, and you were on probation or parole, then you're going to get that uh, gun charge for you know unlicensed or unlawful use of a weapon. But what we need is that first step that says you can't even buy the weapon. Okay, And and I just feel like you know we're at a state right now where if you are in, in a position where you could not believe that the United States of America could have a regime of Nazi rule, well, then you are in, you have your head in the clouds. This is um, a situation where this is a slow progression to tyranny, a slow progression to accepting mass murders as the new normal, a slow progression into accepting the talking points of the GOP, a slow, progressing, a slow progression into accepting uh, mass murders and accepting um, people being able to kill at will, and accepting the fact that we already know that the resource officers are not going to be prepared, and already know that the people that are in the um that that the people that are in the schools don't have what they need to protect them. So why do these nut jobs go out to the schools because they know there's no protection? They they go out to these places where they, they nobody was going uh carry and nobody was going strapped to the grocery store up there in Detroit. Those old ladies weren't strapped. They're not strapped in in the fourth grade. Those teachers aren't strapped. And since the the, the jobs have been able to watch the political discourse and the political debate, they know that they have license to kill, baby. They're the new 007, honey. The new 00 Trumps are out there, ready to kill you and take your head off. And then guess what? They're going to end their lives too. Or the police officers will end their lives. And the next day on television, the only uh, the only thing that people will be saying was, "Well, what was the mental health of the people? What happened? What what what? Where was the where was the mental health that was needed? You know, mental health is not something we're not going to always be able to cure the crazy." So why would we give them the the arms that they need and the legal means that they need to go ahead and kill a bunch of us? I'm sorry. Let them start. Can if you are any crazy people out there that have a death wish? that want to commit some mass murders, why don't you go ahead and go to a KKK rally? Why don't you figure out a way to go to a Klan rally and go see where their kids go to school and that's where you need to inflict your punishment? Why don't you go ahead and inflict violence to people who espouse violence? Go ahead and inflict violence to those people who you believe deserve it. But take it out of the children's realm and do it against some grown folks. Why don't you go ahead and take your AR-15 out there to the gun rallies and the, um, the GOP rallies because all those people out there are strapped. Remember, they used to beat up people at the presidential campaign rallies. Donald Trump was your fearless leader, trying to tell you to shoot up everybody and beat everybody up, and that he would go ahead and and pay for your legal fees. I mean, come on, he's been able to he's been able to manage to keep himself out of prison. He's not been brought forth on any charges of treason or inciting an insurrection. Donald Trump's people are fine. Those people in Congress, they're able to go back to work and see and still make taxpayer dollars and still get paid their wages and salary. Marjor- Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Guest, all those congressmen and women are able to still. Keep on inciting violence, and this is what they're good for. They are the stormtroopers of today. Remember that. The GOP must protect their stormtroopers so that they will be prepared for the next planned uprising by the QAnoners. And if they don't have the weaponry and if they don't have the people that they already know are violent and that don't have a problem killing a first grader or don't have a problem blowing off the head of a fourth grader and that don't have any affinity to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ or that don't pray to Muhammad or anything else, or all they are is a bunch of athe- atheists running around there as Republicans pretending that they love God when really they love Satan and they are doing Satan's work because mowing down the innocence among us the children among us is the work of Satan and the GOP is protecting the Satanists in their party so we need to all make sure that we pay close attention to some of those campaign rallies and who's attending those campaign rallies for the GOP who's attending those campaign rallies for Donald Trump why is Donald Trump supporting certain candidates because they're all Satanists baby when you hold the Bible upside down and you don't pray to church and whenever and whenever whenever Donald Trump was asked about whether or not he has God to thank for him being the president. He was asked that on like some Dateline special when he first got elected. Do you know that simple did like this? Well, he had to search for the right words and guess what he said? I mean, yeah, there was a God, but I'm the one who got me here. You see that? That's how they do. That's how the devil works. He's trying to convince us that this is not the devil's bidding that the GOP is doing. Anytime you can allow American citizens to continue to vote for the party that wants to maintain mass murder, maintain crazy people having the ability to shoot down everybody and shoot down innocents. That is the work of Satan, everybody. And this is an Armageddon that the GOP is planning and they want to make sure they have their first line of shooters and their first line of hitters to go ahead. And in little pockets of the society and in little pockets of the United States, they commit these murders to desensitize the rest of us and to protect their rights to kill. So this is the work of the devil. So you all don't send your thoughts. Send your prayers up to God, make it two or more, or you better just go ahead and pray to your spouse or whoever's at the house. So that way God will hear the prayers, the mass prayers. Instead of mass murder, we need mass prayer. We need a national day of prayer where anybody who wanted to at a certain time, it should be an international day where we can all play in concert. So those believers amongst us will have a national or an international call on God to fix the problem with mass murder in the United States and across the world from radicals who are doing Satan's bidding. Because right now, Satan is using the voters in the GOP party, and Satan is leading the NRA, and Satan is leading Donald Trump. Satan is leading Mitch McConnell to do those things to where death and destruction and murder and carnage is the name of the game. The more people you kill, the more street cred you got, the less likely it is for people to become sensitive to it or to maintain you have to make the people under satan's rule you have to make the people lose faith in god you have to make the people feel like god is not listening that god is not here that god is not working for the good of those who love the lord you have to make the people that have shaky belief system go ahead and feel like what's the point of praying god didn't pray didn't protect the elementary students god didn't do that but what you need to be praying for is for god's divine power to shut the world down. God's divine power to shut down the racist Republicans, to shut down the stormtrooper Republicans, to have their some way, to have their some way. For the people to come together after these mass murders and for the believers to come together and those racist Christian evangelicals pretending to be of the Lord's will and pretending to do things that God wants them to do. The racist Christian evangelicals who are going ahead and putting a yes stamp on everything that is done. I don't see any of those uh, Christian evangelicals coming out and talking about, let's pray for the people that got killed. Let's pray that the gun lobby will lose its power. Let's pray that they, that, that the city of Houston goes ahead and decides to take a financial hit and cancel the NRA's contract and go ahead and let the taxpaying citizens of the city of Houston and the surrounding areas to say you know what we're willing to use our taxpayer dollars Mayor Turner and you can go ahead and pay to breach the contract with the NRA let George R. Brown or wherever they were going to be hosting this conference let George R. Brown breach that contract and let the citizens of Houston say we will pay the penalty the legal price that it will take to cancel your effing conference that you're going to have out here Right in the very state where these kids were murdered. Why don't we do that and we can take a stand like that. Be willing to make sure that you put your money where your mouth is. Since obviously in the state of Texas, your vote doesn't matter. But guess what? Your taxpayer daughters will always matter. And if you have a mayor or you have had your elected officials or your city councilman, y'all need to have a special. Y'all better have a special meeting. How can we fight the NRA? Yeah, it's by not letting them convene in our cities. Why should they get to convene in our inner cities? Why shouldn't we force them to only be able to have their conferences in the cities where they've had mass murders? Why don't you say, we're not going to honor your contract here in Houston, Texas, But we want you to go out there to Uvalde and see if the citizens of Uvalde would allow you to go ahead and meet right there. Can they open up the school auditorium where they were trying to discern which dead bodies belong to which living parents? Why don't we force the government to act in our... See, you have to be able to use all types of means and all types of strategies to combat the government which is controlled by the stormtroopers of the GOP, who are the NRA nationalists. They are the racist NRAs. Yes, I'm Like people say i'm a car carrier member of the nra but guess what the black man who was a member of the nra that was gunned down as a passenger in the car y'all remember that when he was sitting in the passenger side of the car he was a member of the nra he had a license to carry the weapon the weapon was in the glove compartment of the car and he was just a passenger there was a little girl in the car he was just the boyfriend the police officer pulled the weapon after being apprised of all of these facts where that good black man exercised what he's supposed to, get the gun legally, get a license, have a hard-carrying membership to the NRA, and he still was gunned down. Because guess what? We have to use a different means. We're not allowed to use the NRA to protect us in situations where we need to be able to have a weapon. We're not meant to have the weapon to protect us against white people. Do you hear me? So instead, we have to galvanize ourselves and stop listening to these people like Beto O'Rourke who say, we need an assault weapon, Beto, shut up. Because guess what? The fact that you did not go to the leaders of wherever the NRA is having their meetings across the state of Texas, if you try to run for governor, then why don't you govern from the bottom up? instead of you being so worried about grandstanding in front of the GOP uh, members at the at the, at the the school, where they're just having a dais to give everybody information, stop grandstanding and start working so that when you come back to the people and ask them to vote for you for governor, that you can say, I made it a point to visit every metropolitan city out here to ensure that the gun lobby will not be able to convene their conferences in the state of Texas, and that's what I will do as governor. If we can't change the federal law for the Second Amendment to be Reduced a little bit, then we need to make sure we work on the smart action. Hit them where it hurts in their pocketbook. Letitia James up there in New York City has filed lawsuits upon lawsuits and done criminal investigations on the NRA. She's hitting them where it hurts. Maybe Letitia James, who is right now the, the Attorney General for the State of New York, that black woman needs to go up there and she needs to come down to Texas and run for governor. Because obviously, she is using legal means and outsmarting the GOP and the NRA with what can be done to basically shackle them what can be done to tie their hands what can be done to put slip uh, wrist ties on their ability to fire weapons of mass destruction on little kids and teenagers that's all i have to say about that you know what make sure you vote and make sure that you don't let people that are just grandstanding just go ahead and, and give you some hot air to say vote for this person just because. Don't vote for anybody just because you better vote, you better vote for what matters. And if you have a, a situation where you got somebody that keeps that is basically a forever candidate as in Beto O'Rourke, I need Matthew McConaughey to run. I need I need somebody to run who actually has an ulterior uh, method of making change, dummies. If you keep on voting for these white boys out there, these white oh beanie baby, 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 go sit your butt down. You didn't spent the last five years running for stuff with no wins, okay? Because that means what you're doing isn't working. You need to work from the ground up. You need to go in there in the streets. You need to be in the hustle. Stop trying to get on TV. Stop trying to get free press. Stop trying to get a, a free viral video. It And, you know, lightning doesn't strike twice, okay? And the fact that the Democratic Party chairs and all these people out here in Texas that say Texas verbato, the fact that y'all are still trying to push this out there to the voters lets me know that you ain't in it to win it, baby. Because you would have figured out that there's a different method to the madness and you got to hit them with what matters. And what voters out here... The sophisticated voters in the state of Texas, the educated amongst us, and even the uneducated, what we know is this, the issues at the kitchen table are what we're talking about if you're not able to fix things like how much money I'm making what kind of jobs I can get and then I can make sure I can send my kids to public school and they can actually get very well education from the teachers and be very well protected if there is a mass murder trying to breach the doors then I can't vote for you just because you're a dumb Democrat okay I need somebody to run as an independent for governor who's going to talk that talk about what we're talking about at the kitchen table and right now right now you trying to grandstand Beto I ain't hearing what you're saying I'm not hearing you because you know what, I, 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 you're blowing hot air and I don't care how many millions of dollars you're able to have sink into your campaign from all these rich white corporations and all these, all these packs that are going to automatically start Beto off with $50 million in his uh, coffers just to run against um, Greg Abbott. Well, let me just tell you something. Greg Abbott is basically the president of Texas. His lieutenants and all the people underneath him are all in his cabinet. And believe me, when you have those people in power that combined told they have probably over 100 million dollars in campaign funding, then maybe your messaging needs to change because I'm not going to give you a dollar. See, I've, I've, I've donated to campaigns in the past. But once you take my money, you don't win. I don't give you a second shot. And I'm not one of those Democrats, but but we need to support the Democrat. Well, the hell we do if he can't go in. I need to support somebody who's a winner. If Biggie ran for for governor of Texas, I would vote for the notorious B.I.G. because I would know that he has an AR-15 ready on the ready to shoot down any of those Republican stormtroopers that would want to shoot up our little kids, okay? So give me somebody who is a political gangster and who knows how to protect us because you're talking a whole lot of stuff we don't want to hear, Democrats. And guess what? You're not speaking the right language and you're going to Lose yet again, and then it's gonna become a situation where it's gonna be just like California, where the opposing party can never win. So this is, Texas is not purple. Texas is red. So stop letting people on the color on, on the color scale tell you, oh Texas is purple. Texas, no nah, Texas is as red, as this hoodie on Big on my shirt. That's all I have to say about that. Okay, okay. everybody, think good to each other. We're about to do my whole uh, yeah. Okay, hold on. Oh. I think that showed up earlier. They said I have to put in the code. See? So this code okay. over here is supposed to be. So okay. do this one so first. You ready? Oh, hold on.